<laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm Jimmy Wong. You can catch me in the upcoming live-action Mulan, and I have a cookbook coming out next month called The Feast of Fiction Kitchen, and you are listening to Below the Belt Radio. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Episode of BTB Below the Belt in the Mother Effin House. I'm your host, Al Sodi, your most excellent host with the most here for your weekly orgasms, guys. And we have an excellent show for you tonight from top to bottom. Let's go ahead and introduce the most righteous room, starting with that's right, he is the king of the 80s. The demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. Party on, Garth. <laughs> that's the wrong one. <laughs> I think that's the wrong movie. That is the wrong movie. movie. I, know. <laughs> I know my 80s. Come on. Yeah, buddy. All right. And also joining us, that's right. He's he's also a huge fan of the Bill and Ted's franchise, and we had to have him on for this. Guys, he is former U.S. Marine Corps. He is the one and only the Captain Big Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Thank you for flying Air BTB. Please keep your seatbelts fastened for takeoff as we will be having a most excellent adventure. <laughs> That's great. That was perfect. <laughs> Have you been rehearsing perfect. that all week? Yes. <laughs> it paid off. I heard, oh, yeah, we're going to be talking to Missy today. I'm like, oh, I better get practicing. <laughs> so, as you know, guys, as we announced on BTB last week, our special featured guest will be one of the original actors from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and, of course, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. She's reprising her role. Hey. Yes. She's reprising her role in Bill and Ted 3, Face the Music, which comes out September 1st in select theaters and video on demand, guys. She is known for her character of Missy, the stepmother. And uh, she's the one and only actress extraordinaire, Amy Stock. Yes, Amy Stock, Dylan yes. Ted's excellent adventure. Her publicist is none other than Charles Sherman. Thank you, Charles Sherman, for actually being proactive and sending us, pitching us, Amy. We're like, hell yeah, we'll interview Amy. Oh, absolutely, that's absolutely. That's on cool. Below the Belt Show, so we're happy have a Amy on tonight's broadcast guys and I'm really looking forward to this third and most 
anticipated, dude. A sequel. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I have so many questions for Amy. Most triumphant. I, I, yeah, most triumphantly, I do have so many questions. Um, but we'll we'll save all that good stuff for the uh, interview tonight later in the program. So I guess without further ado, let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, let's right talk in. about everything do what going we do on. Best. Yep. Do what we do best, Mitch righteously on Below the Belt Show. Talk everything going on in the world of entertainment. All right. All right, so as you know, drive-in theaters are, are, are the thing that's happening right now here in the U.S. Um, Ashley Buck last week said Canada, of course, is opening theaters. But right now in the U.S., they have drive-in screenings. Uh, one in particular, which I think is a great way to create buzz for a film, is to actually bring a celebrity to host the drive-in theater screening. That's cool. And this case was Charlize Theron who hosted a driving screening of Mad Max Fury Road That's uh, last Friday in Los Angeles, which was also a fundraiser for the Charlize Theron Africa Outreach Project. All right, so this took place on the top of a parking structure at the Grove Mall in Los Angeles. Oh, but I thought man. that was a really, really cool idea. That's pretty cool. And over in New York, <laughs> this is an interesting one. Tribeca is teaming up with Walmart for a new drive-in series that will take place at 160 Walmarts across the country. Wow. Um, so they're actually uh, be setting up at the parking lot of a Walmart. Can you believe this, guys? Um, wow. will be turned into an outdoor theater with family-friendly film. A lot of 80s classics. Karate Kid. Cool. Back nice. to the Future. Cool. The Wiz- um, Ghostbusters, E.T., even older classics like The Wizard of Oz, and of course more contemporary films, Wonder Woman, Black Panther, The Lego Movie, um, and then they're going to have virtual hosts, uh, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Garner, LeBron James, and Chrissy Metz are all expected to make uh, in-person appearances. So, hey man, I mean, you know, while we're still trying to figure out if we can open these theaters, um, the drive-in is is what makes sense right now, guys. Um, and because of the theater delay, a lot of uh, award shows are getting pushed. Um, as you mentioned, the Oscars and the Golden Globes will be um, pushed a few months. The Gotham Awards. Uh, our friend Mr. Carey goes to the Gotham Awards up in New York. Uh, that. Oh yeah, we saw. Yeah, we won't be. That won't not. That will not be <laughs> happening in December this year. It will be happening in 2021. Um, so. Um, Again, I don't know if any big event will happen in 2020, guys. I really don't. I really don't think so. Probably not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Um, there is the New York Film Festival. So this one's ex- uh, expected to take place on September 25th through October 11th. I don't know. So, so they want to do outdoor screenings, um, some virtual screenings, and some indoor screenings with the guidance of health officials. I mean, I guess the hybrid is one way to do it because you can actually test and see how the indoor screenings, you know, go down. Um, because obviously, you know, we're, we're still not sure about these big indoor gatherings yet. But uh, at least with this hybrid, you have several other options, um, especially with the audiences that don't feel comfortable attending the indoor screenings. So I think the New York Film Festival has um, a pretty... Um, pretty good plan i think because it's also gonna it's really a test to see if if we can bring back 
the gathering, the indoor gathering again, but also doing a combination of indoor stuff, outdoor stuff, and um, the virtual stuff. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but we're like movie stuff coming out now. So um, Mulan, Mulan, wow, big news on Mulan. Um, they were really pushing for the theatrical release, guys. It's not going to happen in the theaters, at least here in the U.S. That's gonna It's going to drop on Disney+. Plus. Now, initially I was okay with it, but then I was told, I, was, I read, that <laughs> it, there's, a, there's a premium access charge to watch Mulan. Mm-hmm. $29.99. Um, Disney's got to get that money. But does it, doesn't that not defeat the purpose of a streaming platform? You pay for the, you subscribe to a streaming platform for that exact reason. Yep. But yet you're gonna have to charge, be charged. I mean, I, I think what would be fair is it if it if it's offered at a much lower rate. Yeah. And then it can go off of the new plus on regular video on demand for that price. Right. I think. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, we should get it at, at a discount at least. At least a discount. I I think. Yeah. I think um, twenty nine ninety nine is a little ridiculous, frankly. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they should have just held off and wait, waited until this, you know, shit's over, whatever yeah. that may be. It's not like Disney's gonna run out of business, you know. Yeah, but the problem is they're just reacting to their investors, like they, mm-hmm. you know, they're showing such a big loss that they kind of to appease the investors re- are releasing this movie now. But, you know, I thought it would be a cool movie to see in the. When time when the time was appropriate. Well, but. I I think it's just they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I mean, this this COVID pandemic is very very dynamic right now. It's changing. We don't you know, and they could schedule a new date, but that date's only going to be pushed. I mean, we mentioned here on BTV previous dates that the movie was going to drop, only for it to be pushed. Well, say know, like March third or something. Then, like, if you're going to push it, push it the next year, and that way you can build around it. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that they spend so much money on marketing and they want to keep it fresh in people's minds, you know, after they dropped all this marketing and that they want to release it as close to that marketing as possible. Well, I mean, if anything, um, Disney Plus now has 60.5 million subscribers as of August 3rd. Um, So, um, you know, it's driving subscribers, you know, and that's a good thing, you know, so. What they need to do is they need to do the same thing with Black Widow, but also not yes. dollars. That'll double yes. their subscriber rate. Watch. No, don't, don't, don't do that for Black Widow. <laughs> I want to see Black oh, Widow in the theater. Tachi oh, really wants. Tachi wants the theater oh, release. He wants I want the theater theater experience. Too. I do. Yeah. No, I do too. But but, but when when will theaters be uh, safe? Like this year sucks. US? We know this year sucks. Let's just call this year like I mean, this is stick a fork in it. They yeah. could they could do the drive-in experience, but um, that's, that's cool. very it's limited. It's not enough drive-in, when was, though. When was the last time either of you went to a drive-in? About a, a month ago. Yeah, what'd you go see? Quite awesome. I went to Benji's here in, in Baltimore, and I saw E.T. and Back to the Future, which I loved seeing that's in a drive through experience. And I've, I've always been a fan of drive throughs um, um, you know, for, for the past, like, you know, 15 years, 20 years. Sure. Cool. You know, it's a great way to see a movie. Like, you know, 
you don't have anybody um, talking behind you or nobody kicking your seat. You, nope. you can talk to people if you want, you know, who are who you're with and not disturb anybody else. It's a, it's a pretty cool experience. I mean, but you just got to um, go on a night that it's not that hot. Like sometimes in Maryland, it gets pretty hot during the midsummer. And That's it might true. Not be a good nope. And nope. Nobody wants to run their engine in AC for two and a half hours. Park, you can't right? run it anyway. They won't let you, at least not here at the drive-in in Maryland. Is that because of the carbon monoxide? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And plus, makes and plus sense. you know, hearing the car running will, like, disturb other people. Mm-hmm. Most people point. have their lights on and all that other garbage, too. Yeah. They run a, a strict uh, strict um, ship over here. Like, you yeah. can't have your lights on. You have to, like, if you have the lights that stay on, you have to, like, put, like, mats over the lights when you pull in. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't mess around here. I um, think the last time I went to a theater was like 2004, maybe. I went and saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Now, that's, that's, where where Brad, actually... that's where Brad cheated on yeah. Jennifer Aniston with yeah. Angelina yeah, Jolie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at that time, did they actually um, broadcast it through through the, the radio? Or did um, you get to put a speaker on your window? No, ours was through the radio. I remember okay, yeah. Through the radio, yeah. That's how most are nowadays. Before, yeah. like, it was poor quality having a little box, monotone speaker. The, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have to have the power on to have your radio on, but you oh, won't have your engine. Auxiliary, yeah. And right. you tune to the station, okay. they tell you, and it's broadcasted through that station. Well, you know, that is an option. But um, in the meantime, there are more movies um, getting produced, more trailers dropping. Really? Um, yeah, more tra- – so I guess this is going to go. So these have not been attached to any streaming platforms just yet, but there's a trailer for a film called Kajillionaire. I saw it. It sounds like a, uh, a really looks like a really fun film with Evan Rachel Wood from Westworld. Uh, she plays a con artist who, from birth, has been taught by her parents to steal, swindle, and scam, but not much else. Um, love Evan Rachel Wood. If you've seen uh, Westworld, she's phenomenal in it. Um, her father uh, is played by Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins is a great actor. Might remember him from Shape of Water and many other, many other um, films and television shows. Um, also, a trailer just dropped. There's a new movie with Kira Knightley. Um, takes place in 1970s London. Okay. Yeah, it's two uh, groups of women fight to be heard. Um, Sounds annoying. And... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Womp womp. Where like-minded friends are determined to disrupt the Miss World competition. After being fed up that women must earn their place in the world by looking a certain way, inside and outside of the competition. So, a beauty pageant. Miserable. (laughs) It does. Doesn't have your. Yeah, doesn't have your interest, huh? Um, (laughs) We might we might not be the demographic for that kind of movie. I don't think think very few people are. (laughs) <laughs> this is a, a film with uh, Jodie Foster, Shailene Woodley, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, it's a legal thriller. Okay. Um, based on a memoir called The Guantanamo Diary. Oh, boy. Yeah. Centers on Slahi, uh, played by Tahar Rahim, who languishes in prison for years without, without charge or trial until he finds allies and defense attorney. Nancy Hollander, played by Jodie Foster, and her associate Terry Duncan, Shanley Woodley. Uh, I think it's awesome uh, to see Jodie Foster working. We haven't seen her act in a film in a long time, I don't think. Um, she was in um, Hotel Aramis or Artemis. Ah, 
I, yeah. That was the last thing I saw her in. I think that okay, was a few yeah. years ago. That was a couple years ago, though. Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's always just been a tremendous, tremendous actress. Oh, yeah. Wait, is this about Guantanamo, this movie? Well, it's based on the Guantanamo Diary. Um, so That's Guantanamo Bay. Man, I know some dudes that worked at Guantanamo. I could tell you some stories. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Any, anything, <laughs> anything you, can, you can share with us and the listeners? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ah, okay, well, we should probably yeah. not go there then. Yeah, we should. Probably for the best. <laughs> Probably. Probably for the best. I want to yeah. be waterboarded. No. Ah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, who doesn't love Megan Fox? I mean, she was like the original action star hottie. And it's funny because we call her the original, but this was only in early 2000s when Transformers dropped. But uh, she's uh, uh, working on a new movie called Till Death. And um, it's the first United, U, um, it's the first U.S. film that's going to be shot in uh, bulgaria since the pandemic oh wow so, oh it's about time i saw the trailer <laughs> for this it looked pretty cool you know she's running and gunning she clearly got some keanu reeves gun training right yeah still right. Is, smoking. Yeah, is bulgaria like an area that's good to shoot in now like like it's a low in covid yeah yeah bulgaria okay. a lot of eastern europe is uh, is on the low and the low end guys so yeah. i think most of europe is pretty safe now actually they don't want our they don't want our asses over there yet. Yeah, we're not <laughs> yeah. allowed. <laughs> because they're racist, that's why. Yep. We're they hate black people. No, they hate <laughs> they hate they hate Americans. Oh yeah. <laughs> um so I think they hate, hate COVID infested Americans, I think is yeah. basically what we can say. But uh that should be a fun film. I mean it'd be good to see um Megan Fox make a comeback, you know? Yeah. I'm just excited to see you running and gunning, man. I, w- I want to right? see some tactical coolness. Yeah, because she was kind of like the damsel in distress in Transformers, even though she she had some great moments. You know, she had her tough guy moments, but yeah, she was mostly a damsel. It's cool. It'd be cool to see that uh, that change. Yeah, I'll, I'll be no, curious was, to see how she pulls it off. She'll never be hotter than what she was in Transformers, though. Hmm. You know, who's really hot is Naomi Scott, who played um, Jasmine in the live action Aladdin. Oh yeah. Um, she's um gonna she's gonna be in a new sci-fi film called Distant. Um, it's from the Blades of Glory filmmakers Will Speck and Josh Gordon. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it centers on an asteroid miner who crash lands on an alien planet. Um, running out of oxygen and hunted by creatures, he is forced to cross harsh terrain. To find the only other known survivor, a woman trapped in her escape pod, who is Naomi Scott. So, right. uh, kind of a fun, uh, fun sci-fi premise, you know? Sure. Kind of, uh, it reminds me a little bit of The Martian, but instead of like one person stranded, that um, there's I guess two people fi- find each other. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, got, so it's, got, it's got the Martian undertones to it, yeah. Martian yeah. undertones, yeah. So I love sci-fi films, so look forward yeah. to seeing that. Uh, Pixar's next film uh, will be an animated movie called Luca, a coming-of-age adventure set in Italy. Yeah. And Enrico Casarosa is directing the film. Um, and will be on the big screen June of 2021. Um, so um, look out That's for that one. So they say, but nonetheless, look out for that one. I think that should be a we fun. We shall see. Fun film. Um, what else have we got? Um, we got a film called Night Bitch. Oh man, Night <laughs> Bitch. 
stars Amy <laughs> Adams, guys. Oh, um, gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> the premise of this one's a, um, a darkly comedic portrayal of an unnamed woman and former artist thrust into stay-at-home domesticity. Wow, tough word. After the birth of her son, the parents become increasingly worried and convinced that their baby girl may be turning into a dog. Really? <laughs> Bizarre, right? Like, I wouldn't have minded being in the pitch meeting for that one. <laughs> well, you can see, you know, a bitch is kind of like a, a term for a female dog. It is. Yeah. It yeah, is. so now the, the, I see the double entendre. The title actually makes <laughs> sense now. <laughs> I don't, I don't so know. Is the theaters I'm... or what? Yeah, so um, this one, it, um, this is in. Well, this this film right now is in uh, either in uh, pre-production or maybe hopefully shooting soon. So this is still not in the ready to show the masses yet. So I don't think there's any way he's going to keep that title for. Um... Night. It hits the theaters. Night, bitch. No, night bitch. No, there's no, yeah, there's no <laughs> way. Too many. Those are too many complaints. Yeah, there's never been a movie that really has um had that, right? Mm. Well, no. there's you know what? There's the the TV uh, series with um the bitch in the apartment twenty three or something. Yeah, 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 I'm talking about at the theaters though. Okay, well it has bitch in the title, so. Well, what about Meet the Fockers? That's pretty close to. Well, that's, bad, that's, bad that's the not movies. the word, though. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, still don't know if I'm going to go learn. see it, though. I probably won't. Nah, not, not, not sold. Not sold. It not. sounds horrible. Well, one, one film um, is uh, the Scream sequel. Uh, just confirmed that Courtney Cox will reprise her role as Gail Weathers. Um, Didn't she die in I was going to say, I thought she died. Movies? That's yeah. the thing about these horror films, man. I mean, well, and plots are kept under the wrap, so I don't know. They're, hopefully, they, they will explain. Back. She's a clone. Yeah, I mean, that's really how they... they Twin sister that no one knew yeah. about. Twin yeah. sister that no one knew about. I mean, there's a little a lot of ways they can do this. But, you know, I you know, I think Scream uh, as a, a sequel is, is fine. I think that that'll be fun to see again. Um, it could the original, be. original Scream came out all the way back in 1996. Wow, man. Yeah, so and that was pretty groundbreaking when that came out. It was. I remember. I remember watching that movie a couple of times. Yeah. Just I'm trying to trying to like you know this discussing all the other um, horror movies that came before it and like mm-hmm. playing off of that. I thought it was a pretty yeah. cool concept. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was. Peter Dinklage, that's right, Tyrion Lannister himself from Game of Thrones, will be uh, reprising a role that he played on Broadway. Oh, um, cool called uh, Cyrano. So the original Cyrano de Bergerac was all about a guy with a big nose. Now they're, they're doing a twist of it where they're making fun of his stature. You know? Mm. Um, so, um, so Cyrano, uh, he, it had a run in Broadway. So they're bringing back um, Peter Dinklage to reprise his role in the film, along with Haley Bennett. Um, who's reprising a role as Roxanne alongside Peter Dinklage. So, um, so yeah, so no prosthetic nose, just chastised for his stature. Okay. Um, so this is like the Steve Martin movie, Roxanne. Um, was, was Roxanne based on Cyrano the Bergerac? I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know either, but I'm pretty sure was, he had a big nose. He did. <laughs> I just don't know if that was like, um, I don't know if that was a uh, 
you know, um, inspired by it or not, or they wanted to do another, a completely original big nose guy movie. <laughs> I don't know. Um, also, Ryan Reynolds has a fun project coming out uh, with uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the original directors of the solo movie that obviously got handed over to Ron Howard. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seriously, dude. Also, um, Ryan Reynolds will play a dad dealing with everyday challenges of family and raising kids. Um, like that should be interesting. Um, I guess it could I mean, be. He, Ryan is uh, has proven uh, to have great comedic chops. Uh, he's though he's the romantic comedy guy, and he's he's great as Deadpool. Yep. He actually talked about recently. Um, he poked fun of his Green Lantern role uh, recently. He actually shared his own secret re-edit of the film, 20 seconds long, 27 seconds long, that uh, puts him into the Justice League. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and nods to another fan that wishes that Tom Cruise would play Hal Jordan. So uh, he posted us on his social media. Um, I would love to see. Um, you know, I you know I personally love tie-ins. I know a lot of people didn't like the Green Lantern movie. But if if Ryan Reynolds is is all for it, I would I would love for him to take another stab at it. It can be within the DCEU. Yeah. It, it kind of loosely tie in that other movie, maybe not, maybe so. And you know the Justice League, um, you know, is get, getting that Zack Snyder cut, you know, and I don't know, man. I I I, I, I would love for that to happen. I think it it could be cool, but you know, naturally it. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I mean I don't really have words. I mean, how are they going to make another another Justice League with like half the people are not in the movie anymore or something, right? Like, well, Ben Ben Affleck's no longer Batman. He will reprise his role um, in the Snyder Cut. I, I yeah. know he has some other stuff to shoot um, for the um, for the cut really? um, because they well they didn't shoot everything. I think there's like minimal things that they still need. They still need to call all these actors back to shoot these things. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'll be curious. Green screen the fuck out of them. I'm sure. (laughs) Green screen from their house. (laughs) Looking forward to it, man. It could be good. I'm I'm looking forward to the Snyder cut. I really am. Zach. I mean, um, Ryan Reynolds all over the place. More Ryan Reynolds uh, movie news. He's got a movie uh, with The Rock and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman herself. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is producing it as well. Um, it's called Red Notice, an action comedy. will be uh, streaming on Netflix, guys. Um, Hi, that's awesome. Yep. Um, so the crew will be part of a quarantine bubble. Um, and <laughs> they've actually been in touch with the NBA, as you know. The NBA has been playing all their games in Orlando in a so-called bubble, and they're going to do the same thing for Red Notice um, when they shoot. Oh. So um, I think, you know, hopefully with these, um, you know, best practices and health uh, safety measures, more um, productions can hopefully maybe, you know, follow suit. Um. But um, they did um, they did actually start production before the pandemic hit, and now they have to go back and shoot more. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. What else do we got here, man? Um, 
I know you're a big gamer, Big Nick. Have you heard oh, yeah. of Be- Beyond Good and Evil? Yes. All right. Yes, I have. All right. So Beyond Good and Evil is getting a movie treatment. What do you think about that? It could be very good. They have a yeah. sequel game that, that was supposed to come out this year. Naturally, it didn't. Um, it's been in uh, a bit of development hell, but I guess they're going to shift the, the the new game Beyond Good and Evil with uh, the new round of consoles coming out. So, yeah, it could be good. Yeah. could be really good. So director Rob Letterman's attached. Um, this will also be on Netflix. Um, Rob Letterman also did a... Um, video game film called Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Okay. And that was actually a good movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you did. So this film will actually be a a hybrid of animation and live action. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it takes place in the year 2435. um, Follows Jade, a young photojournalist who searches for the truth about an ongoing war and an alien threat on her remote planet. Interesting. Um, suspe- suspecting that military leaders may be collaborating with the aliens. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting take because the, the video game, the, the whole premise of it is that humanity reanimated animals with human qualities to be their slaves and, oh my God. and, and, and be, uh, you know, their free labor. Uh, and then of course, they Can't got tired it of it, and so it's a futuristic yeah. world of regular humans and animal people. Wow! Yeah, it's all kinds cool. of like all kinds of like weird animal things going on today's news. Yeah, we got the the um, the night bitch whose daughter turns into a <laughs> dog right. into and a dog. These, these animals that you're alluding to in this mm-hmm. uh, crazy film. Um, yeah. this will be shot in Spain, Denmark, and Portugal. So. They don't have to worry about the U.S. and it's COVID-infested. <laughs> oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. World that yep. we are, in the United States. Um, this looks like a fun series, guys. It's called Teenage Bounty Hunters. <laughs> um, yes, it's an Atlanta-based comedy. Is it um, is it a reality show? Because I think that'd be hysterical not, watching teenagers not, try to be bounty hunters. <laughs> it's I know you love your reality, Big Nick, but no, yeah. it's a scripted series. Okay. Where fraternal twins Sterling and Blair are looking for more trouble beyond their southern lifestyle, and they team up with Bowser Jenkins, who's Kadeem Hardison. Remember him from? Uh, I think it was in the Cosby Show, Different Worlds. Um is he and. Average? I, I can't re- if that's probably the character. Um, and then he starts bringing in local criminals and um, actually gets these two teenage girls uh, to be bounty hunters for him, which is. Uh... Oh, no, so the Wayne Wayne. OK, there you he's go. Also on a different a different world. That's right. Or the guy with the glasses that flipped up. There you go. Yes, there yeah. you go. So it was originally titled. Get this guy. Slutty teenage bounty hunters, which that sounds like a. <laughs> to me but they decided to take the slutty part off the name of the uh (laughs) slutty teenage bounty hunters yes yeah now now are they so they are they bounty hunters trying to get slutty teens or are they slutty teens that are bounty hunters they're slutty teens that are bounty hunters they're hired as bounty hunters bounty hunters trying to get slutty teens yeah (laughs) that would be a little creepy that would be the epstein documentary (laughs) 
There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it looks like fun. I don't know. Check out the check out the trailer. It's pretty fun. Another cool trailer for Netflix, as you know, uh, Sarah Paulson um, is part of a new show called Ratchet, um, which is going to premiere on September 18th. It's so this is, um, uh, yeah, it's called Ratchet. It's based on her oh, character. I thought you said Ratchet. Oh, Ratchet. No, Ratchet. Rat Man, Rat. these titles for these shows are really getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's based on Nurse Mildred Ratchet, the origin okay. story of her character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nurse Ratchet, yeah. Yeah. So this will be a two-part um, limited series, so it will be two seasons. Um, it will follow Mildred as she morphs from an average nurse to a monstrous figure and becomes, um, yeah, becomes the crazy, uh, infamous uh, Nurse Ratchet um, that you may recall in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So. Another game to be adapted by Netflix. Man, Netflix is all over the game adaptations, Big Nick. Yeah, buddy. Um, this is the video game Splinter Cell. Oh, yes. This, this one is going to be good. But the, this one's going to be an anime. Um, it's going to be an, um, an animated series. It's not going to be live action. That's good because the bullshit you can do in this video game, real people could not do in real life. So oh, okay. Good, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. So Derek Kolstad, who is known for writing the John Wick uh, franchise, will write and executive produce the series. Couldn't be picked by a better person, man. Yeah. So good. Dude, a lot of the gaming uh, market's kind of a comic books and gaming. That's kind of a well, great the, source material. You well, know? think of it like this. For the longest time, everybody thought negatively of comic books and, and video games, right? But then, right. Oh, yeah. but then they realized the amazing stories and, and subjects and characters that are that are in these mediums. And now with the success of the MCU and a formula that works, you know, it's it's time to open the well and let all these awesome stories be told. Absolutely. So, all about it, man. I bet you are, man. Mm. It looks good. Also, Netflix is killing it, man. They, there's so much going coming up on Netflix. There's, I mentioned Amy Adams before. I think she's in the Night Bitch <laughs> movie, but she's going to be uh, reteaming with Vice director Adam McKay. As you know, she played um, Dick Cheney's wife uh, in Vice. Um, it's a new limited series about the class action lawsuit against Walmart. It's called The Kings of America. So Amy will star and executive produce. Uh, stories of three powerful women, women whose lives were inextricably, inextricably intertwined with the world's largest company, a Walmart heiress, a maverick executive, and a longtime Walmart salesperson and preacher who dared to fight against the retail giant in the biggest class action lawsuit in U.S. history. Wow. Okay. Mm. The biggest class law, uh, action lawsuit, huh? Mm. I'm intrigued. Um, Could be good. So on Apple TV, um, Robert, Downey Jr., uh, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself, um, Team Downey, that's a cool production company, mm-hmm. will be execu- executive producing a project for Apple. It's based on... Uh, uh, it's based on Michael Lista's Toronto Life article, The Sting, uh, which follows a frustrated Canadian detective who takes on a decades-old cold case in hopes of winning a confession and becoming a hero. Okay. 
This um, is not not to be confused with the movie The Sting with Robert Redford and what's his face. Did, did um the Sting involve um a cold case that got um, brought back? No, but it has the same title. No, oh. it's not involved with the um, lead singer of the Police, is it? I don't think it's involved <laughs> with the, the Police. Um, so so it's based on the article called The Sting. Um, whether that will be the the title. Uh, remains to be seen. So it doesn't have to do with that guy from WCW, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that oh, so you got that joke now. You got the fucking. <laughs> nah, I got the other one too. Right. Just, oh man, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, so Team Downey, if you didn't know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s um, production company also produces HBO's Perry Mason, which uh, just got renewed for a second season. I did not know that. They're also producing um, a Netflix series called Sweet Tooth. Maybe this is the reason why Robert Downey wanted Iron Man to be killed off. And <laughs> because he can make more money with his own production company, exactly. So maybe he wanted to – yeah, maybe, and that and also con- uh, concentrate on the – I'm sure the workload that comes with producing um, yeah. film projects. So. Um, Channing Tatum is also going to be a producing um, a project for Amazon. Him and Scooter Braun will produce an untitled movie based on Lady Macbeth for Amazon Studios. Um, so I guess it'll be a twist on the Lady Macbeth, but maybe uh, with a modern adaptation, I guess, what I'm guessing. Um, obviously, it's William Shakespeare's classic. Um, but so this that one... that she's um, trans or something? Well, this one involves a teenage girl who grapples with her own morality. Mm-hmm. As she contends with the dreadful consequences of her ambition. Okay. Um. So it's based on a young adult-centric uh, musical. So. That sounds so, awful. It sounds like another one that's probably I mean, not we're not the designated audience for. Well, you know what? <laughs> you guys love. Well, at least Chachi loved Hamilton. So I mean. Well, Hamilton was great. I'll tell you, well, that's the thing. A lot of these musicals, a lot of these um, productions on Broadway are now being you know, brought to the screen. I mean, this will be, um, you know, live action. It won't be the actual theater production on stage. Right, but, right. but um, yeah, I don't know. You know, what's the wait and see? You know, we can't pass judgment. You didn't think you'd like Hamilton, did you, Chachi? I didn't know. Like, I, I didn't see? think. I thought I'd think it was overrated, but I didn't know if I'd enjoy it or not. See, see, I see. I went into it with high expectations because everybody told me it was amazing, and I wasn't impressed. You weren't? Well, you, you told me you shut it off after 10 minutes. Because... I did. That's not enough time. <laughs> yeah. It was enough. It was enough time. <laughs> Give Hamilton a chance. <laughs> I gave it 10 whole minutes of my life. <laughs> uh, what else on Amazon? We have a Regina King. Um, she's She has a di- directorial debut coming out in One Night in Miami, which will be um, released on um, Amazon later this year. A lot of people say it's a potential awards contender. All right, mm-hmm. uh, but it's 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 a, it's a story of a young Cassius Clay. Oh, cool! He becomes cool. becomes Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That yeah. sounds pretty interesting. It's funny yeah. all these shows coming out are on like Amazon and Netflix and Apple Plus. Yeah, this one really dominating the market. Yeah, this one will be a film, but yes, it'll be a film. Uh, this one will be a film okay. directly on Amazon. Yeah. So as you know, that's that's I think that's why I, all these like 
movie news I'm 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 compiling together. A lot of them I put by net I arrange by network. I'm noticing a lot of movies just going straight to these streaming platforms. It's kind of like reflective on what's going on, you know, with the pandemic. People want to see these productions right away, you know, so they're just putting straight to Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, name it, man. We like to binge. Yeah, man. Didn't you like Hunters, Big Nick? I actually really enjoyed it because we had a guest on Louie um, from a while back. Yeah, yeah. No, I liked Hunters. Yeah, yeah. me too. Oh, you, you watched it too, Chachi? Yeah, yeah. Renewed, renewed for a second season at Amazon. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, it got uh, really good reviews. Al Pacino, Logan Lerman. Um, that is a show that I need to finish. Did, uh, did you, either of you finish the series yet? Or? I think I have like two episodes left. Okay, cool. Yeah, something like that. How's it been so far? Uh, I, I, I need to pick it back up again, but I mean, it's a, it's a solid show. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very, very cool. Yeah. And yes, and I was thinking, I, well, I was thinking you were talking about the movie The Hunt, so I was oh, mistaken. Okay. But that was a good movie, though. Okay, you didn't see The Hunters. Okay. I did not. <laughs> you have seen The Boys, which season two uh, is coming out soon. Hell yeah. They just dropped a brand new trailer, which makes me really want to see it. Uh, um, Aya Cash is uh, a new character uh, who is Stormfront, the newest member of the Soups of the Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out that the social media savvy superhero is trying to take a lead in a fight against the super terrorists. Okay, so uh, if you haven't checked out the second trailer, it's pretty dope. Um, yes, this is another another series that I need to watch. I, I marathoned the first season in one night, and it was totally recently. Uh, a couple months ago, okay. like in like middle of March, <laughs> like the beginning of my unemployment and the beginning of COVID. <laughs> All I, right, so I had a, I had a night to waste, so I burned through the whole thing. It was awesome. <laughs> Unemployment? How much are we um, paying you? Uh, you were paying me pretty handsomely. It was the best <laughs> job I ever had. <laughs> oh, that guest co-host money. I know, man. Hell yeah, dude. Make that <laughs> yeah. cheddar, man. Make that yep. cheddar. Yep. But um, yeah, no, I, I I mean the general says I have to watch it for. Yeah, if you're a fan of superhero movies and stuff, I mean it's, you'll definitely love this. I mean it's it's it, it, it's what it's what heroes should have been or. At least after the first couple of seasons. The NBC For, heroes, which yeah. I think like heroes would be now in this country. How cool! Yeah, this social climate. This is what heroes would be, not the I Avengers. Yeah. So general, the general yeah, says that um, Starlight's really hot. Aaron. Moore. Yes. Yes. So that's something to look forward to as well. <laughs> All right. Well, I gotta tune in. I gotta tune in, guys. Um. So, oh, dude, this trailer is dope, man. If you haven't seen it. Ridley Scott um, returns to outer space for this is uh, Ridley Scott's first television directorial debut. I did not know oh, this. That's cool. It's called Raised by Wolves. I believe we talked about the show before, but the trailer just dropped. It's a new sci-fi series premiering on HBO Max. Centers on two androids tasked with raising human children on a mysterious virgin planet. Wow. Interesting. Very deep. It's going to be a 10-episode series. Um, as the oh burgeoning colonies of humans threatens to be torn apart by religious differences, the androids learn that the controlling of the beliefs of humans is treacherous and a difficult task. Yes, because humans think for themselves. 
supposedly. So what's his role <laughs> in it? Ridley Scott? Ridley Scott's the director. Director of that. Wow, he's 82. Ridley Scott's 82? He's still yeah. kicking. Yeah. That's well, pretty incredible. He's a, I mean, he's, so he's, he's executive producer who will be directing the first two episodes. That's, oh, that's okay. pretty cool. That's 82. still pretty cool. I mean, he, I mean, he did Alien. He did um, Blade Runner. Yep. Tom and Louise, Gladiator, Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down, The Martian. Homeboy's been has, at it for a while. Yeah. He has a great career. Yeah. He, yeah, he's one of the greats, guys. And you got to check out. The 1984 Apple Macintosh commercial. <laughs> 82 producing this new series for HBO Max. Um, Good for him, man. Yeah, I can't imagine check... being 82 and like having that much responsibility. Like, <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I know, right? Like, I think of the 82 year olds, you know, like how much are they going to do, like directing like a TV show? Yeah, or running for president, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think Joe's Joe's almost 80, I think. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, on HBO, um, a docu-series called The Valve. This is really intriguing. This is all about the Nexium sex cult, guys, um, founded by Keith Rainier, which, as you know, Allison Mack was mm-hmm. one, one, you know, was infamously um, wait are, one of said, the uh, associates of uh, Keith Rainier. Are they making a movie out of this? Is no. that what you said? No, it's actually a docu series. So oh, a docu series. Okay. I love this. If they made a movie out of Hollywood having a sex cult, that would be hilarious. That would actually be a good uh, <laughs> idea be, for a future scripted series. It'd no be a little, it'd be a little too meta for me though. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the docu series. I mean, with the popularity of the uh, the Epstein uh, documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Which I haven't seen yet. Haven't yeah, seen that. It's it's definitely worth a look. They, uh, Lifetime actually has um, another documentary on Epstein coming out um, in August as well. So, mm. but yeah, no, that this uh, we talked about the Nexium cult, man. It's crazy. It's disguised as self improvement. So they use the self improvement and pr- uh, profound transformation and stuff. Um, but what it really is is devastating abuse. Uh, sex trafficking, um, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, so you get to see, um, well, you see the issues behind, you know, the headlines that we've been reading about Nexium. Mm-hmm. Um, explore the emotional toll of the events on the individuals that I guess they'll, yeah, I guess they'll have some of the victims uh, speaking out on Nexium. Um, yeah, Allison Mack from Smallville. Squeaky clean Allison Mack from Smallville. If you watch Smallville and you saw her character, you would have never thought that she would become like a sex trafficking madam or, uh, you know, a sex trafficking madam. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how to describe it? I guess. The you know what? That's, that's perfect. <laughs> OK, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but uh... sex trafficking madam. I'm OK with that. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to describe it. If you have a better term, please please let me know. I'm that. good. That's fine. Yeah. So this will uh, be on what? This will be on HBO. This will be on HBO. HBO. Huh. Yeah, man. As you know, Ranier was arrested in Mexico uh, after he fled. Um, and I believe Allison is, um, I think she's on home arrest, I believe. How's, how, really? Yeah, she's on their house. Throw her in jail? Damn. I think she's awaiting. I think she has another trial coming up. Um, okay. Someone might want to fact check that one for me. I might be. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong on that one. 
Um, let's see on stars. Method man, uh, plays a defense lawyer. Wow. But <laughs> that's cool. That we see somebody from the Wu-Tang clan, uh, M E T H O D. Yeah. Play a defense lawyer in, in a new series on stars, which is power book to ghost, which is pretty much a sequel series of power and picks up immediately where the first series left off. Never got into the power series, but um, people do like it. Um, okay. I'm sad about Siren. As you know, we had Rena Owen, you know, from Star Wars here on Below the Belt show uh, last month. Uh, she was a series regular. Siren was just canceled after three seasons on the Freeform channel. Um, Damn. Freeform? Yeah. How do you get canceled from Freeform? Well, it was on Freeform, and then... And then it immediately um, goes to Hulu. Oh, so okay. it's a free form slash Hulu show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it got three um, seasons out of it. Three um, seasons is a good run. It's, it's a good run. I mean, but, the, you know, it, it seems like a very expensive show based on the effects. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, so this is, this is kind of cool, man. If you're a fan of the Ren and Stimpy show. Um, Comedy Central announced that they ordered a revival of the 90s animated series. Yeah. Um, are you excited about this? It seems like uh, the, the trend now. They're, they're doing um, uh, they're, Butthead, they're doing Ren and Stimpy, Dario. Know, they're, they're, they're banking on nostalgia. And if yeah. they respect their audience, it'll be very successful. If they don't, it'll be a disaster. Mm. That's what I'm learning. It, yeah, I, so, I, I have no problem with reboots and and brand new seasons from thirty year old shows and shit, shows and shit. Um, but they got to respect the audience, otherwise, it's the Last Jedi all over again. I mean, it was a groundbreaking show. It was one of the first adult animated series, and um, also it was just man, the characters, a powdered toast man, a farting. Yeah superhero with a toast head i mean the creator of that show was clearly on some excellent drugs it's funny you mentioned the creator big nick so john falusi will not have any creative input into the new show now the reason being crick falusi was accused of sexually abusing teenage girls in a 2018 buzzfeed article i don't know if you guys knew that yeah yeah and he will also have no financial um, gain from this new series. Um, All right. So if he created, I mean, I mean, if you created the characters, I mean, I know he, what he did was horrible, no doubt. But I don't know how you can get away with using um, someone else's property. He created the characters, but you're not without not getting have, a payout. Yeah. Unless they, at least they're not going public with his payout. I mean. I mean, the other option would have been if somebody bought him out a long time ago, right? Which, but yeah, it could be under it could be under the table payout. It could be, hey, yeah. don't you know we're going to give you this month? Don't don't say anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. they yeah, just want to avoid a lawsuit, but they don't want to. Could have signed an NDA or something because they don't want it being a public because it would look bad if mm-hmm. they compensated, mm-hmm. you know, a sexual. Uh, yeah, in this cancel culture, yeah. But these so. shows like 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 Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead, like they're great in the '90s, but that's a long time ago. That's back when people weren't little bitches. Yeah, can, can it work nowadays? Like in 2020. 
the era of the social justice butthead, and that didn't really last very long, did it? Beavis and Butthead? Yeah. Well, they're bringing it back again. Well, Beavis and Butthead is one of the uh, properties they're bringing back, actually. Oh, yeah. They bring it back, like, like uh, how long ago? Maybe, like, five years ago or something? Okay, so they brought it back. Yeah, they brought it back, and then this is the third run, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead? But I'm sure most of the stuff that they said, like, watching these videos, you can't even say anymore. Yeah. Because comedy is, like, dead. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. What do you think of this comedy, Chachi? Who's the boss? Getting revival <laughs> with Sony that. Pictures Television. Not sure what network it's going to be, but the show was on ABC. Um, and uh, Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano will reprise their roles. <laughs> um. But the new series will center on Alyssa's character, who now lives in a home um, from the original series 30 years. Wow. She's going to be... Okay, so she lives in that home. So they're going to, I guess, um, try to get the uh, re- recreate the original set, I guess, of that uh, that house. Would that homosexual kid be on it, too? Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned Danny Pitaro. Um, yeah. They're supposedly supportive of the new series and may appear. They haven't been confirmed Judith Light, Jonathan, as you know, yeah, yeah Jonathan. So J- Judith Light has been um, um, known for her work on uh, Transparent on mm-hmm. Amazon. So she's she's been busy. I can't I can't imagine that show being any good at all. Like, I mean, I like Tony Danza, but it's it's just you know, a lot of these '80s shows were like so cheesy and they're great for their time, but like I don't know what could you really do with it nowadays? And I know. This one is going to be well, Full House was a hit. Fuller House, uh, that yeah, one for five. I couldn't watch that though. I mean, that, that was a hit, yeah. but I couldn't watch it. And yeah, and this one is just fucking miserable. I can't imagine her like not tainting this whole show with her like um her politics. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like she's she's got to get on. She's got to bring it in. I, I can't imagine her doing the show without bringing it, without her Me Too and everybody on the show and like. Without Woo. her trying to like, you know, get rid of the Redskins and stuff, I can't imagine her being any kind of a pleasant character on the show. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> this is no network tied to it. You know, Metacritic uh, will tell us what happens. <laughs> no, it hasn't been. Uh, Sony Pictures Television is developing, so I guess they haven't shot the network yet. But the original series, like I said, uh, ran on ABC. So I mean, that's like trying to bring back Small Wonder. I mean, it had its time and place, but how well, could that show nowadays? Small, well, Small Wonder is different because it's all about AI, and AI is hot right now, dude. Yeah. What, look at Westworld. Look at um. You but know, the comedy, the I mean, it was d- definitely a different comedy back then. Like you, it was like the corny comedy with the laugh tracks and stuff. I mean, and that's still going to hold up nowadays. They're banking on nostalgia and. Uh, We'll see if they I'm get actually surprised, it. Chachi, they haven't brought back Small Wonder because with the AI technology, yeah. that could be actually kind of cool. I don't know. Well, I mean, completely. But if they did nowadays, it'd be like a older Small Wonder, and and people would be banging her and stuff like, Ooh. Like, like sex robots <laughs> and stuff. You know Ooh. what I mean? Oh, well, like man. a legal legal age robot. You know? Oh wow! I just yeah. do robots age? I guess is there a um? Is there well, an you want to? You want to bang a robot that's like a kid or nothing like that? That's, yeah. that's disgusting. But you want to—I mean, right. but it's like not. a full-grown adult-looking robot. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. The, how do you know that it, it's of age? Even 
Anyways, let's let's. Oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm going deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole. You two are yeah. digging such a deep goddamn hole right now. I can't. <laughs> let's go. get I out can't of this hole. You. Let's get out of this I'm saying, hole. I'm saying you don't want to bang the, the young robot. I mean, you want to bang a, an of age robot. That's all I'm saying. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Too funny. Well, think, take it. All right. How about this example? Let's just watch it. On Westworld, yes. a host was created. Let's say a month ago, created to look like Evan Rachel Wood, who's like yeah. 30. Right. Beautiful, yeah. stunning. Right. Typically, that's a one-month-old. But you're not going to age the Android. robot. The robot doesn't grow. I mean, you're going to make a a full-grown robot, though. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. It's not like it's not like you would you'd bang like a, a dog robot or whatever. That'd be disgusting. You know, <laughs> you want to bang an of-aged human robot. You know, whether male or female robot, whatever your preference may or may not be. You know. <laughs> okay. If you say so, keep it keep it classy. I'm I am not a subject expert on this. <laughs> the subject matter is free. None of us are. None of us are. This is all hypothetical. Hypothetical. Of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. And Beavis and Butthead, I see here, the eighth season was in 2011. I think it came out for one season. It did, yeah. 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 So this is actually like would be like ten years after. Surprisingly, and time flies. Time does fly. Kevin Smith will be creating a Green Hornet animated series. That's That's cool. Fun. Um, uh, No network attached for this one just yet. But as you know, he wrote um, a comic book, The Green Hornet, um, which I actually have the graphic novel. Um, And um, but this new series will be targeted at a family audience, so will not be. Will not be the Kevin Smith, um, you know, know raunchiness and craziness that we were. Um, but when you say family audiences, well, you know. Yeah, you know, kids need content too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, uh, Kevin Smith. I mean, has he done anything for kids? I mean, everything has been so. Mm. Even, I don't know. I don't think he has done anything for kids. No, I mean, not really. For families, so they'll be interesting to see this. Animated series take on it. Is this okay. a re- it's a remake of the Brown Hornet. No, no, this is a, a remake of the original um, 1930s Green Hornet. Yeah. Is that the Brown Hornet from the Fat Albert um, cartoon? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, oh, you don't know more Fat Albert? I, yeah, you're like I, racist and like you're um, what do you call it? When you hate people's um, weight. You're uh, um, body shaming. Body shaming. You're, you're a body shamer of racist. <laughs> I don't remember the characters. I've heard of them. I know yeah. Bill Cosby voiced some of the guys. I just yeah. don't remember the characters. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if this is Green Hornet, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I wonder who they're going to have play Bruce Lee. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's animated, so. Mm, okay. <laughs> so it could be a, oh, the vo- voice act, yeah. It better be, it better yeah. be a damn Asian these better days. Better be an Asian. Right. These you know, days, right. Yep. This time of the day, you know. All right. People could get canceled left and right. We'll get yep. into cancel want culture. People acting, but not acting too much. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I got a couple cancel culture thing coming up. Um, all right, so um, reality TV guys, American Idol resuming auditions amidst the pandemic. So they're going to be uh, expanding to include all states, including Washington D.C. Uh, but this time. Um, Contestants will perform um, via Zoom, so they'll do all the. I know, I know, I know. American Idol, oh my God! <laughs> they want the show to continue somehow. Nobody cares about American Idol. 
Well, they got to get these. They got to get these additional, um, these initial auditions in. So hopefully, by the time it, it comes out in, I think March or April, I think March, um, the pandemic will be over. Knock on wood, and then we can go back to them. So they can at least get their initial contestants this way. You know what I mean? It isn't it, I heard like um, America's Got Talent? I haven't watched this season, but I heard they're doing their um, talents at home. They are like all the contestants. That's gotta be yeah. awful. Yeah, I haven't paid too much attention to it. No. A lot of changes. The Bachelorette. Um, so apparently, um, as you know, they're they're doing um, everything at one resort. Um, so that that's um, instead of going to you know different you know locations and countries yeah. where these people can fall in love, um, they're not doing it that way this time. Um, it's just going to be taking place on one resort. Um, but there's so actually it'll be a foreign country, or is it will be at their I think at the bachelor house. This will be, I, I guess, close to the bachelor house. I don't. They didn't say the bachelor house specifically, but it, okay. it, they said it will be at a South, Southern California resort. This, this year just sucks. And production <laughs> is is four weeks in. Yeah. So, but there's actually um, news on the Bachelorette that Claire Crawley apparently fell in love with the contestant early on and didn't want to continue the process. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. She fell in love. And now they're um, going to be replacing her with Bachelor alum Tasia Adams. Um, so they this the, the source says that rumors began to swirl. So I guess it's the ABC's not confirming it. Maybe they want this to kind of be like the, you know... The thing that draws viewers in to tune in. Mm, okay. But, um, I'd but say it's it, true. You, you say it's true, right? Yeah, that's my that's my bet. I I think so too. I think so too. Nick, you're going to bring in a new bachelorette and have people not know about it. Obviously, that person's got to go like away for like, you know, a good while while they film it. You know, and people are going to know. You're right. Mm. Uh, Nick, I know that you're a fan of uh, Love Island. Yes. <laughs> well, they, uh, regrettably, yes, I yeah, am a you, fan of Love Island. It, it's a two-hour premiere on August 24th. What, um, what country? Oh, that's right. You're only a fan of the UK version, correct? I, I'm mainly only a fan of the UK version because it's hysterical to watch <laughs> crazy British people with their awesomely thick British accents. <laughs> Um, but is this the U.S. version? This might be the U.S. version they're alluding to. Yeah. What's it going to play on? Is it on? So it, it's or... actually going to. Well, it is. I, it definitely is. So it's going to take place inside a bubble environment. Yep. At Las Vegas's Cromwell Hotel, which oh, has boy. been closed during the pandemic. So. Oh, <laughs> so uh, all the cast and the production will be quarantined. Quarantined in bubbles, where they will undergo isolation before production begins. Okay. Yeah. It's it's such a garbage show, but it's such a wonderful garbage show. Yeah. Like if you just want want to watch some just trashy television. Yeah. Watch some fucking Love Island. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. It's so awesome. crazy how you mentioned like a few of these um, reality game shows and. Yeah. I mean, just like how that used to be always to talk about on every episode of Below the Belt show because all there was is like reality shows. That yeah. was before, that was prior to the golden age of television. Yeah. I think what happened was um, now that TV is hot right now and there's so many streaming platforms, 
Um, Remember like, all know, the actors would bitch just... about because they couldn't find any work because everything was like reality shows and like mm-hmm. all these reality stars were taking it, their jobs. Well, yeah, the, that. the Jersey Shore times. Yeah, yeah, Jersey Shore times, The Hills, uh, The Real World. Um, but you know, yeah, reality still really, has it was its... the OG man. Yeah. yeah, it was the OG. Mm-hmm. But you know that they still have you know reality still has its um you know its uh. You know, audiences. Remember, remember it was great yeah. at the beginning. Like that was like, I mean, that was. It felt like real honest when that show first started. I mean, probably the first few seasons. Um, of the real world. Like, yeah, it felt like they were real people. Like, like before, everybody on the show got real like good looking. Yeah. Like <laughs> back when, when they like, used real people and not actors. Real right. people and it's people who like never really would interact with each other um, back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you throw in like the white country girl and like the the black guy from the city and you'd have all these different characters just together and interacting and like nobody knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you could throw somebody with like AIDS on there and like just somebody who was insane. Like it was just a really good show like back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Big brother premieres, uh, the all-stars premieres tonight. Uh, I don't have that information. Um, they they want to announce the cast on tonight's episode. So oh, they're gonna announce it during the show. Yeah. They're going to announce it during the show. I was actually trying to pull that up. But if somebody wants to give me a hand, um, that would be awesome. So but this if is not, the All-Stars, right? Here. So as you know, sadly, Naya Rivera passed away from Glee. Um, she actually makes one television appearance um, on the Netflix reality show um, called Sugar Rush, which um, she she's a, one of the judges on that show. Mm. Um, so uh, Naya will be a guest judge with Hunter March. Candace Nelson and Adriano Zumbo. Mm. Um, and the episode will be dedicated to Naya, which is, I think, her final TV appearance because she hasn't um, shot any of the Step Up uh, High Water um, episodes that she was supposed to be a part in. But as you know, um, there is a tribute for uh, Naya on Below the Belt Show's website. We actually, if you haven't uh, checked it out, please check it out. Um, she was really sweet, wasn't she? And like our in-person interview with her, like she was pregnant with the child that she ended up being with um, in the boat. Um, when Absolutely. She passed away. So that's kind of heartbreaking too. But I'm excited about Big Brother. There hasn't, again, there hasn't really, really been much great network television uh, <laughs> since the pandemic. So I think this will be a good chance to uh, watch something other than wrestling. <laughs> There you go. So, and wrestling is still on. Wrestling is still on. Wow. Is, yeah. Um, wrestling, dude, they have now. They're so desperate for ratings now. WWE. They actually just um, started um, a segment called Raw Underground, where Where'd Shane, it? where Shane McMahon is in like this dingy basement with two quote unquote legit like shoot fighters. I still think it's scripted. I I'm still sure think it's it like predetermined, but the fights are supposed to look very realistic. I sent you the um, article in email, but so is this kind of like Brawl for All? Well, Brawl for All is actually legit fighting. And this is not legit fighting? I don't think it's legit fighting, man. Is it kind yeah. of like a fight club I'm, type of thing? I'm sure it's not legit fighting. It can't be because – I mean it's probably going to be rough legit, and pretty no, aggressive. No, it's, it's not legit fighting. I mean I, I saw Raw and – they had uh, a couple of the fights, and this one fucking big fat dude was, like, killing everybody um, that he was put up against. And Shane McMahon is kind of like the 
the ringleader of it of it all. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it. it yeah, I watched yeah. the documentary for Brawl for All, and like it'll never happen again because so many people got hurt, so many Dude. wrestlers, and and it also exposes people who are wimps, like like not legit fighters, because. Yeah, some wrestlers are legit fighters. They can hold their own. But then there's some wrestlers that get no- got knocked out, you know, really quickly. Yeah, and they brought in Dr. Death. He's supposed to be some, like, big um, killer. And they brought him in. And he got right. beat by, um, I think it was Bart Gunn. And it totally, like, ruined the whole push they were going to give him. Because hmm. yep. he, he was supposed to be known as this, like, legit, like, yeah. wrestler, tough guy. Yep. Absolutely right. But real quick, guys, uh, Big Brothers All-Stars uh, cast reveal Nicole Franzel, uh, Danielle Brionos, who's Daniel Donato, Dick Donato's daughter. She was hot back in the day. We were, both big, she, we were both big fans of hers. She's still hot. Yeah, definitely. Devon Rogers, Christmas Abbott. Um, I remember Christmas broke her leg uh, on Big Brother, and uh, during competition, she decided to still continue. So you got to appreciate her... Uh, her, her tenacity yeah. and commitment, yes. Yeah. Tyler Crispin, Ian Terry, Kevin Campbell, Enzo Palumbo. Uh, one of the old school uh, Big Brother contestants, Janelle Pierzina. Janelle, really? Yeah, Janelle, man, yeah. Uh, Bailey Dayton, Nicole Anthony, Keisha Smith, Kazar Rita. Kazar, oh, I remember Kazar. Yeah, old school right this there. Like I used to watch it. Mm. Cody Calafiore, Memphis Garrett. Remember Memphis? No. Pretty far. And David Alexander. So those are your contestants for Big Brother All-Stars. So are they doing anything crazy now because of COVID on Big Brother? Yeah, we mentioned it, um, I believe, last week, uh, how, you know, very strict safety guidelines with COVID. Okay. Um, Everyone's tested. As you know, they're in the house, so they're not going to be going outside. Right. So after they're tested, you know, so long as the crew and all the contestants are tested regularly, um, it shouldn't be an issue, you know. Yeah. But if you didn't know, we I think we mentioned Mel Gibson uh, had COVID. Another uh, celebrity just revealed they had COVID-19. Brian, Cranst- Brian Cranston. That I did hear. Oh. About. I, d- I didn't hear about oh. Mel Gibson. I did hear about Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Take down Heisenberg if you're COVID. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Well, he, for, for, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. He went. He went on his social media. He said that he contracted and survived COVID-19. Um, took opportunity to urge those who may be tiring of lockdown protocols to be patient and vigilant. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, I'm happy that. Um, that Brian survived, but you know, sad news that Herman Cain, former Republican presidential candidate, um, died of COVID nineteen. He was just in the news, man, and he was at the Trump rally in Tulsa where many of them did not wear masks. That's probably where he got it, man. And I, I, you know, whether it wasn't proven, um, where you know, you know, they can't trace it technically. Yeah. But I mean, it's a very good possibility, man. He could have gotten it there. Um, I, you know, I, I you know, I, I really, as sad as this is, don't agree with the man's politics. But I, I don't want to see anyone die from this disease, dude. You know, um, yeah. and the yeah. fact that it's um, the fact that you know he was very, you know, he even p- 
posted, um, you know, be free, don't don't wear the mask, something along those lines. And had he had Herman Cain worn his mask, guys, he might have he might have lived. He might have. He might have not contracted COVID nineteen. Had he, he worn 70, mask. He was seventy four too. He he was in that age range, but um, I mean, it's so sad the fact that you know that he, you know mentioned i think it was regarding the the trump rally in tulsa oklahoma that i will be at the trump um rally in oklahoma i will not be wearing a mask and he was not wearing a mask um and then he was hospitalized and then he had trouble breathing um and then the initial meds they told him that he would get back to normal but it it, uh, it was not it did not um uh, yeah, the medic, the meds did yeah. not work. I mean, if he case. caught it from the rally, it would have no? been a ton of people who had it from the rally, yeah. and you would have heard about it. Trust mm-hmm. me on the news, because they were waiting for somebody from that rally to contact COVID. But well, nonetheless, it doesn't work the way where this one person gets it out of like you know. Okay, fine. If it wasn't people. a rally, the guy was not a mask. Um, well, he not... should have been. He should have been a mask wearer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. That's the thing, man. I don't know, dude. Um, but we talked about cancel culture a little bit, and uh, um, so kindergarten cop um, <laughs> uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Jesus. You know, it came out in 1990. So apparently, um, I don't know. This one theater in, in Oregon wants to, uh, even though it's a part of or- Oregon filmmaking history, shot there. Yes. Um, they want to remove it from um, showing in the theater they in, in Oregon. They have removed it. Okay, so they supposedly yeah. it glorifies the traumatization of children by police. <laughs> this movie came out 30 fucking years ago. Years ago. And it's a comedy. It's a lighthearted comedy. My a God. family comedy. Um, they So they basically said how the film is exploitative, has no comedic or redeeming vo- uh, qualities, reference oh. <laughs> a school to prison pipeline yes <laughs> and claim the police frequently arrest american children and throw them in jail <laughs> see, that's what they do yeah. see this is why i can't take cancel culture so like as serious as i right. should be right because dude. of bullshit like this you know who gave a fuck about kindergarten cop right now with and thinking about this besides one pissed off fucking sjw Nobody, nobody right. gave a fuck about what Kindergarten Cop had to say because yep. it was a 30-year-old movie. That's yeah, 1990. Yep. yep. Yeah. This is the NW Film Center, the Northwest Film Center. And it, it, it what's so sad is like, okay, so you, the Film Center, they're little bitches for backing down. I mean, they probably didn't want to get, they probably didn't want their theater to be burned down because. There's actually, just to say, at the, at the moment, half of fucking Oregon's burning yeah, down. Yeah, there was, there was riots last night of them trying to burn down a, um, a police precinct. They actually, like, tried to crowbar the door open and, like, set the inside on fire last night in Oregon. And, and, and they're worried about – Oregon's worried about kindergarten cop. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and this movie was filmed um, in walking distance from the Goonies house in Oregon in Astoria. Like, so you probably saw the set, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw it. it's a real school. It's still, it's still well, a functioning set, school. Sorry, the location. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a functioning school. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't cancel the school for filming it there. 
But I mean, yeah, I know. Well, don't tell them because they might burn it down. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, hello. Wow. Yeah. What's up, Elise? What's happening? Hey. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties. That's okay. What's good? Hey. Yeah. But I'd like to introduce here on Below the Belt Show who will be joining us for, I guess, the second half of the show. One of my great friends, fellow actress. She's also a stand-up comedian. She's a DJ. Um, well, what other accolades do you have? The list goes on and on. You uh, guest, uh, guest co-host on Click on This. Yes, co-host, um, host, uh, producer. I also host, uh, produce a show called The Discount Disco, which is a comedy show slash disco hoedown, as we like to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How many jobs do you have? Uh, so many. Yeah. I'm also, I also do real estate. I cannot believe my friend. He's like vacationing in the Hamptons. He's like, I don't really want to go back to the city. Will you show this par- apartment for me? And I was like, I guess. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> why, not? why not, dude? For 2% commish. <laughs> why not? Yeah. And you're a just... fan of Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah. my God. For sure. I was we have like, Missy oh, the I'm... babysitter. Missy I'm the so, mom. Missy, I'm so mom. Oh, man, That's I'm so excited. so awesome. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my sister, whenever I was telling Al, I was like, whenever my shoe's untied, my sister's like, Mr. Grim Reaper, man. And I know what she means. So Awesome. Uh, going to Melvin you? Yeah, no, she, ha- she hasn't. Okay. Fortunately. That would be really mean. <laughs> that would be mean. Awesome. That, well, at least... that would suck. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to be here for uh, the interview with Amy Stock. So yeah, this is going to be really exciting. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, Elisa, we were just talking about some cancel culture stuff, as you know. Uh, we were just talking about how people were offended over the movie Kindergarten Cop because they have juveniles getting arrested. My gosh, I think they just take a, things a little too far sometimes, guys. And uh, um, we were just uh, discussing how um, how f- they're offended because five and six year olds get handcuffed and hauled to jail routinely in this country. Um, and they're showing this in this movie. Um, but they canceled a screening of Kindergarten Cop. In Oregon. Where they in Oregon, where, the, where this film was shot. I, I, I mean, I can understand why some things are getting canceled, but this is, this is, this is ridiculous. Well, she, mean, also, she also compared um, Kindergarten Cop to um, Birth of a Nation, which was um, glorifying the KKK. What? Yes, Whoa. you did. Wait, wait, how? Who, wait, who did this? I'm sorry. Wait, this is, is this, um. Is this everyone? I'm. I, I totally miss things. All, like, it's all somebody in Oregon. Like, was it an author or something in Oregon? And then, and then yeah. the um the theater backed down, and removed it. That's right. Yeah. Wow, I've really never considered that. Um, yeah, I. I also haven't seen Kindergarten Cop in like two decades. So right. there uh, you I, go. is there something there else offensive in it? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, the first thing I thought of when you said um, kids getting arrested was, I don't know if you saw the movie House Arrest. I don't oh, know. there you I, go. Je- Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt in it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Wally Shaw is the only other person that I remember is in it. Okay. But it was a great movie. And yeah, the kids get arrested. They detain their yeah. parents against their will in the basement. Is someone canceling that? I don't think ever, anyone remembers that movie, but... Well, don't remind them, because they'll cancel it. Well, that's... Uh, well, sorry, friends. No, it's a great movie. Uh, I, yeah. I was very entertained by it. 
Um, but kindergarten cop, I feel like there's definitely much more offensive things in it than kids being handcuffed. And yeah, I know. Yeah. We just have to, we have to just see the replay. <laughs> there's better things to cancel people. I, You're going to yeah. fucking cancel something. Cancel a 30 year old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. That was, well, did you hear about the Ellen DeGeneres show? So supposedly, um, there was. Uh, so there was employees of the DeGeneres show accused of sexual misconduct. Mm. And in addition, um, Ellen herself was accused of a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she wasn't specific, you know, she wasn't a part of the uh, the misconduct. Thank God. Oh, that's good. But, um, but anyways, there are multiple individuals that previously worked for Ellen's show who asked to remain anonymous for fear of retribution. Yeah. They detail the in- incidents of harassment and sexual misconduct they have experienced by the head writer, executive producer Kevin Lehman, and executive producer Ed Glavin. Um, and I guess the issue with Helen, uh, so with Ellen is the fact that she was kind of like the, um, the person that just turned away, I guess. I think that's the that's what I understand uh, is the issue there. Um, you know, she's the head of the show. She's executive producer, and she kind of turned turned the other way. You know, mm. which a lot of people are accused of in the Harvey Weinstein thing uh, situation for just oh, yeah. look, looking the other way. Um, but um, I don't know, man. I it's a pretty crazy situation right now. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I think Ellen has made a comment, um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because I've heard nothing but positive things about Ellen DeGeneres over the course of her career. And for something like this to just come out, you know, would be pretty surprising, actually. Um, well, did, she, did she say that she was aware of it? I mean, after well, the so, whistle was blown? All right. So let's see. So, so basically, she – okay, so – Ellen addressed the accusations of bullying and mistreatment on the show in a letter to the crew. She said she wanted her show to be a place of happiness, and she's disappointed to learn that this has not been the case, and for that I am sorry. She wanted to say that she once learned of the allegations, uh, that we immediately began an internal investigation and we are taking steps together to correct the issues. Okay. So she's Um, not going to comment on her behavior. Not on this, not on this statement, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Well, then, then, then she shouldn't be surprised that cancel culture is coming to get her too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a pretty crazy situation. I don't know. There's another situation with Brian Callen. Chachi, I know you're a fan of Schooled, which is a spinoff of the Goldbergs. Yes, yes. Did you hear about Brian Callen, who's a great stand-up comic? I saw him in Los Angeles perform. Really nice guy. He's actually called into Below the Belt Show, if you didn't know, um, a while back. Did he? he? Yeah. Brian Callen was on Below the Belt. Yeah. Oh, that was before the Goldbergs, though, right? That was pre-Goldbergs, of course. Okay. Yeah. But apparently, Brian's accused of of uh, raping a woman, um, Catherine Fiore T- Tigerman, um, who's also um, an actress on Mad TV. This is back in 99. Took place in Callen's wow. apartment following that. What was meant to be a celebratory dinner between friends, and apparently um, she repeatedly told him no, and he proceeded. 
And then there was uh, another woman, a, a fellow stand-up comedian, Cal, uh, Callan offered to trade stage time and money in exchange for a blowjob. What? What? Um. Wow, dude. Uh, you know what's crazy is him and Chris Delia, another comedian, because mm-hmm. of inappropriate behavior, were um had a prank comedy show on Netflix that was going to uh, debut, and the project was completely canceled, completely scrapped Damn. after the allegations have arose. So crazy situation, man. But um, nonetheless, guys, well, his show's of- already canceled. Um, school was schooled was canceled um yep school was canceled as a result of it yeah no 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 not as a result for that it was, already it was canceled, canceled beforehand oh yeah. yes school was canceled you're right right mm-hmm. and he was i don't think he was scheduled for any role on the goldbergs because okay just on the goldbergs he left and he ended up like um he, he left on goldbergs to do school but school takes place in the 90s and goldbergs was the 80s mm-hmm. so it was like he left the school and ended up going back to teaching years later so I don't think he could have even been on Goldberg's anymore. You're right. All right, guys. Uh, so uh, I think it's a good time to take classic, a Chachi's classic cut break. So Chachi, take it away. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's. It's Chachi. All right, it's Chachi's classic cut back once again, where I take a song, usually from the 80s, handpick it and play it on the show, and tie it in, usually with some current events or a guest yeah, or man. whatever. So this week I'm doing a guest, and this is actually a song from the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's by a uh, um, it's by a lesser known um, band, hair metal band from the 80s called Shark Island, which is actually they were based out of L.A., which is where um, the um, movie Bill and Ted took place, which is kind of like a cool tie-in. Mm-hmm. And this band, um, San Dimas. Yeah, <laughs> this band not only um, did a song for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they also did a song. For the Point Break soundtrack, another Keanu yes! film. Point yep. Break. Hell yeah. I also with, I love how Flea and uh, Flea Anthony. and Anthony Kiedis are yes. it too. Right. Yeah. yeah yes. And the excellent, right. the most excellent Lori Petty. Yes. <laughs> yes. Point Break's definitely most Even still an underrated movie. Like most I love that. Non heinous. Most unheinous movie ever. I have oh. I have not seen the reboot though. I, I have that is the most heinous. It is the most heinous. It's, you don't need to watch it. Totally I'm, bogus. I'm sure. It's totally, totally bogus. Yeah. Reboot. But this this song called Dangerous is actually from Bill and Ted. Um, in one of the pivotal scenes for um, Amy, our guest tonight from Bill and Ted. Yes. So tying it all together, here it is from the band called Shark Island. This is the song Dangerous. Right. We'll be back here on BTV.
songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. All right, guys. So let's introduce, guys, our special feature yes. guest of the evening. All of us here on the panel are big Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure fans. So we are so excited to have one of the original actresses from the great franchise of Bill and Ted's who will be reprising her role in Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music. We're so excited to have the one and only actress, actress extraordinaire best known as Missy, the stepmom, the wonderful and talented Amy Stock. So happy to have you on BTV, Amy. Thank you. Hey. Here, guys. Thank you. I love it. It's cool. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, first of all, guys, first of all, your thoughts when you were first approached to reprise your role of Missy in the third film, and, and did you expect this third film to happen? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we we literally expected the first one to happen uh, after we got it. So everything else has been kind of like just just a, a prize waiting to happen. Uh, I first found out about BT3, rumors about BT3, many, many years ago. I was teaching uh, at a community college, and my students started to bring in, oh, they might be making a third one. And at that point, I was stuck in Illinois trying to finish a dissertation, which was killing me. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't take much stock in it. And I just kept going on. When, I, when it really hit home and when I found out that I was in number three was about three, I believe three years ago, uh, I did WonderCon down in Anaheim. Yes. And I was there for Boom Studios for the comics, and I was signing, and Scott Krupp was there, the producer. And we hadn't seen each other in, what, 30-some-odd years? And uh, <laughs> so wonderful to see him again. And the best compliment he gave me is like, you look exactly the same. And I went, I yes. Uh, but we're sitting there, and we're convincing, we're signing autographs, and we're doing stuff. And he leans over to me, and he says, by the way, <laughs> there's a third one, and you're in it. And I, I wanted to just, like, go through the roof, but I was busy yes. signing autographs. And I just, as soon as I could I get a break, I ran up to the lobby, and I called my son. And I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I word I said in that whole conversation. I was so excited to find that out. I I was thrilled when they asked me back for the second one. I had no idea they were going to do that. And I just I think it's just so lovely to be a part of this family and to still be a part of it. So I love yeah, it. Are you surprised like that um you know 30 years later that you would be at a comic con and fans will still be so passionate about these movies like no no honestly uh i it's really interesting this whole progression of of these three films uh, like i said i kind of buried myself in illinois doing a, a dissertation that like i said nearly killed me uh so i <laughs> lost touch a lot i i was not on social media much i i really didn't right. wasn't into the whole thing uh, and then I moved back here to Los Angeles about six years ago to start over again. And that's when I really started getting onto Twitter and Instagram. And I used to do Facebook. I don't anymore. Uh, and then I started re 
seeing all these these fans pages for Bill and Ted. And I went, wow, I knew we had solid fans back in the like the early 90s for Bogus Journey or else we wouldn't have made it, you know. Yeah. But all of a sudden we've got these fan pages. We've got my students back at Parkland created a Missy is my teacher page. These past few few years getting involved with that. And then of course this past year getting involved with all the fans. And it's so much fun. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you guys are on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, but we're in all of it. Yeah. Of an Alex and an Ed Twitter fest. Just sit back and enjoy because man, they are hysterical. And I'll I'll throw in my two bits every now and then, you know, but they are so fun to follow and to read when they get on a certain, you know, idea. And then every once in a while, a fan will post something and I'll go down in the comments and I'll just throw in a comment like, oh, that's excellent, Duder. And then I get back and just, is this Missy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. What's so great, I think, is like, you know, like back in the 80s, they would take chances on these crazy ideas for movies. And I don't know if it was from like, all the writers doing coke or what but like who would talk <laughs> that um was a movie about you know two like kind of like stoner type of guys who um time travel in a phone booth would ever get made especially never nowadays they would never make a chance on a new movie like that but back then it's like like oh let's give it a go like like where you supp- i mean it uh, yes to again to all of that i i do want to correct you though being being their mother okay they aren't stoner guys no, yeah. they're surfer dudes. Just Bill and Ted. They're not yeah. surfer dudes. They're not, they're not anything. I think that's why they are so endearing. Because so they endearing. created a whole new genre of just cute. I, I don't know how else. <laughs> that's a good description. Um, it's just, it's like they're, they're just these nice, kind of clueless, <laughs> but trying hard because they have a goal and a dream. And we, I don't know about, you know, everyone else in the first original one, but when the movie came out and it was such a, a big hit, and then all of a sudden we're seeing Bill and Ted speak and I got bubblegum cards. Mm-hmm. I got yes, cards. I remember those. I got on a couple of them. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But all of a sudden we've got this, this whole new type of, of characters that I don't think really fit any kind of mold, which, was so, which is why they're so fun. So awesome. How did it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Yeah. How how was it jumping back on set again? Like you you talk about it being a family, like you go from the first one to the second one and you find your stride again. What was it like being like with all this time that's gone by? Like, did you guys just jump right back in where you started? Like, how did that feel? Yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. uh, Actually, thank you for asking that. I, of course was thrilled to be a part of this. And by the way, I think this week coming up is a year to the day of my second week of filming last year in, in oh, New Orleans. Nice. So, wow. perfect. Uh, but to be back, to be asked back, uh, if, if I can be perfectly honest at this point, uh, Missy was a bombshell 32 years ago. <laughs> And honestly, folks, to to revisit her as who I am, as an older person now, it was uh, a little daunting. I was a little nervous about it. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, you know, I'm not 
that anymore. When we shot the original ones, I was 28 playing a 19-year-old stepmother. So now <laughs> not, I'm not bad. <laughs> you know, you still look younger. Yeah. You still look amazing, by the way, Amy. Amazing. You look amazing. I was seriously, this is our first time, my first time being on Below the Belt where, you know, it's, I, 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 I feel like I have radio face right now and I'm looking at you and you're just like incredible looking. I cannot even like, I, seriously. Thank you was guys. It, it feel really, really good. Uh, no, was there any, any preparation? Oh, I'm sorry? Was there any preparation? Did you want to hit the gym? Did you get extensions in your hair? Those long locks? <laughs> Things like Boy, that. Why did I try to hit the gym? But, but the gym didn't like me. Uh, <laughs> the gym doesn't like me either. <laughs> and, um, and it's just, just you know, I, I'm, your, your DNA and your genetics will only go so far with you trying to. And I did. I tried to diet a little. I exercise yeah. all the time uh, because that's essential. But right. um, yeah, no, I was. I was a little nervous, and I had short hair. Okay, okay. I can't tell you what I look like in this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but for me, going down there to revisit Missy, and I'll and I'll tell you, you, you asked if it was like a family. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was lucky on my first day of shooting uh, to meet everybody, and it was blisteringly hot in New Orleans, and it in was August. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dripping wet, we had <laughs> hurricanes all the way around. But I was lucky enough on the first day of shooting to not be on camera with take one. Thank yeah. God. So I could sit back and watch the two guys because they had their the camera was on them mm -hmm. uh, do their bit and get into their Bill and Ted stuff. And it honestly took me only about a take or two to go, oh gosh, they're back and man, they're cute. And oh. I. Just, have fun so oh. I, I could react off camera i could practice you know how i wanted to react just so it was yeah That's it was like great. riding bikes it really was very cool well, had it been fun okay. for you to see these um, two actors grow up over the years? I mean, and when they when they started at Bill and Ted, um, both um, Keanu and Al Alex, they were pretty um, new actors at the time. You know, it's probably was the biggest role to that date. Um, yeah. Especially um, Keanu, like, was it this great to see in this following his career all these all these years? I, you know, I've been watching. Um, well, I watched the the two first two movies again just because. I of course, of course. So then, so know, did I in preparation. <laughs> Same here. Did <laughs> everyone in preparation for yeah. three. Uh, Absolutely. We first worked on that on that first one. You're right. We weren't. Most of us were just starting on our career and i think that's what started us all off on the same foot and that's why the family and the the relationships have carried through all of these years because we did start on the same foot together and the same kind of thing we hit bogus journey and by then alex and keanu were starting to rise a little bit and that was cool but sitting back and after all these years and watching Keanu and watching him develop as an actor and, and find his voice as an actor has been so wonderful. And and to say, I got to work with him three times. You That's know? awesome. Cool. Uh, and Alex, so proud of Alex. So 
proud of the work he's doing. His his documentaries, his directing. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Showbiz Kids yet on HBO. I it's haven't yet. So well done. You know, it's it's from his heart. Everything Alex and Keanu, everything they do is from their heart, and you can tell it's genuine because these two guys are really genuine on and off camera. You've seen the film, Amy? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, not oh, okay. No. Because I thought no, you had that secret copy that Kevin Smith had when they did the Comic-Con at home panel. I was a little jealous that Kevin Smith got to see a sneak yeah. peek. And he was giving glowing reviews for it. Glowing reviews for the film. He said he cried tears of joy. You know, honestly, it, it was so cute. I was on, on set and we were doing a hair and makeup check and I was supposed to shoot and it didn't work out that day. Hmm. And all of a sudden I see the phone booth there on set. And I asked Scott, you know, I know we're, we're all not supposed to take pictures. Can I just take one with the phone booth? I didn't ever get to be in the phone booth. Can I just take <laughs> Yes. So we did. And um, then I was talking to some of the crew. And this one, this one guy told me, and I can't remember who it was, but he told me, you know, there are so many fans on this, of, of the first one on this crew that when they drove that phone booth onto set, everybody stopped working and just kind of watched it go by. You know? <laughs> wow. So it's I funny. can understand Kevin's yeah. crying because you see them together again and you just go, yeah. oh my God, a piece of my heart. I know I'm going to probably cry in this I movie. Know. I I'm such a softie. Preview, man. <laughs> I know I really if Kevin was. Smith cries in a movie, chances yeah. are I'm going to also. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I was reading. I was reading how the phone booth okay. was never happened because in the early drafts for Bill and Ted, it was actually a van. Is that true? And not a phone booth. Yeah, I think so. But then the van was too much like uh, Back to the Future. Future, yeah. Future. yeah. And I heard like I heard like even um, before in the um, early drafts, instead of having um, Napoleon, they had um, Hitler that they brought back from the past. <laughs> Did you hear that? Very different. So, the whole scenes with Napoleon eating ice cream and bowling stuff would have been Hitler. But oh, luckily, luckily they changed that. I'm so glad they changed that. My Otherwise, God. They, would have, they, would, they may have canceled the third one before it even happened, if that <laughs> had been the case. They've been like, you know what? Uh, no. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of the ins and outs. Hitler, huh? Wow. I read, yeah. <laughs> Crazy enough. Well, I know Bogus Journey was originally titled Bill and Ted Go to Hell, and they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to say this about Bogus Journey. Like, most sequels I've seen every time, whether it's American Pie or something, when they do a sequel, it's pretty much a rehash of the first movie. And I, I heard, I read that was going to be, like, um, some people were pushing for the same kind of thing in part two, where they were just going to, instead of having, like, all these different people in history, it would have been, like, different um literary on people you know like different like writers and stuff for their english class which would have been you know i think pretty lame but i think part two went a whole different direction which i definitely appreciate and it was like a totally you know its own movie it's still tied into bill and ted but it wasn't like a rehash of the first movie which i thought absolutely was a great way yeah. to very do it. original very original it was exactly. one of the few movies in the 90s where the sequel was just as good if not better than the original i agree yeah cool. Well, I just one of my favorite scenes is in that film. For me, it's the seance scene. Yeah, you sent the, the boys to hell. Yeah. That was you. No, you know what? That's <laughs> that's gonna be on my my gravestone if I ever have one one day. One of the best characters I think in movie franchise history, and that's death. Bill Sadler's death. Yep. Oh, that's for sure. so good. Also, <laughs> Great. 
and they play Twister with death. I just, I still think that's it's, so. I gotta mention Death because we saw him in the trailer. Are you excited yes. uh, to have Death part of, back in the franchise for the third film? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you guys? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hilarious. Like you said, he's one of the best characters. Oh, yeah. And I finally got to meet him. I didn't get to meet him during Bogus Journey. Oh. Um, this time I finally got to meet him. I, we waved. We howdy. Oh, good. Uh, Oh, you did you play a game of Twister together? No. <laughs> so I was curious. How to save my life, probably. Yeah. But. I was curious. You hear about Keanu Reeves being like the nicest guy in Hollywood. Without disclosing anything you're not allowed to, do you have a nice Keanu story from when you filmed? Uh, yes, I actually do. Um, it was the last night. It was an all-nighter, pretty much. And we were hanging to uh, shoot another scene. And I had brought with me um, a color copy of a scene from the first film where the phone booth and I'm watering and all the characters. I brought a picture, a copy of that picture. And I had everybody sign it around because I just, you know, I'm like, can you sign my yearbook? And uh, I wanted to get uh, Keanu's as well. So I kind of went to his, his friend slash... I guess assistant bodyguard. I don't know what they would call him. Nice guy. Yeah. I don't know and if Keanu needs a bodyguard, really, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he's friend. John Wick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. But Keanu, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he just uh, he was in his mobile home, and it was like two in the morning or something like that. Like I said, we were waiting to shoot our final. And he goes, well, well, yeah, he can sign it. Come on in. I said, well, you want to go ask him first? I was nervous. I don't know why, because I don't want to disturb people on set. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I'm not that kind of person who's going to go knock on someone's mobile home door and go, oh, hi, can I just, you know, interrupt you? I don't do that. Yeah. So I asked and he said, sure. So I went in and I sat next to Keanu and we talked and he asked me about my dissertation. And he wow, asked, how cool. How was that? And I, and the first time I gave him the picture, I said, I really want you to sign this picture. And the first time I handed it to him, he just took it and he looked at it and went, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> so it was, it was a nice, lovely moment where not only did we get to talk just a, just a tad, but uh, you could tell how much he really liked what he was doing. That's cool. That's great. Oh, and cool. it's so thank cool you that, for that awesome. yeah and it's, it's so cool that somebody you know like him would come back and and do a part three you know because a lot of people forget where they came from and you uh -huh. know they, they don't want to do projects that they or they try to shy away from stuff that they thought think is you know now beneath them which i don't think this is but um mm -hmm. so it's great to see him back but i mean one actor who um unfortunately can't make it back this time is a great george carlin yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and i know you never actually get to work with him but do you know any stories of him on the set I, I don't. We never. I never got to meet him. Uh, oh, that's he too bad. Had a different shooting schedule on both uh, yeah. and Bogus. He was on a different shooting schedule, so I never got to meet probably one of my all-time favorite ever comedians since I was a young girl. His wow. You can't say on television, and then his yes. baseball and football analogy. I remember watching that. And this will date me, but I don't care. First night of SNL, he was the host, and he did that baseball-football analogy all those years ago. And I 
you know, so I, when I found out he was playing Rufus and I couldn't meet him, I was so disappointed because, man, probably that's one where I would have oh, not. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you talked to him at the premiere of the rap party, though, right, Amy? I No, I didn't. I, no? No, for, I don't even remember that mostly. Oh. I remember <laughs> Your party, kind of. Um, but excellent adventure. I don't really remember too much because that was kind of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the World's Journeys rap party or the premiere party was a uh, hoot and holler. That was a huge uh, yes. premiere. That was where we got to walk the red carpet for the yes. time in my life. And oh, here's okay. So here's a fun story with that. I don't dress like Missy back then. You know, she's a doll, babe, and I don't do that. I'm very kind of laid back, and I still had my long hair, and I was very elegantly dressed, and my husband at the time was out of town. He was a singer with the group, and he was going to go to this amazing premiere with me. So I had to go by myself. And oh, wow. Down, you know, Chinese theater, red carpet, everything. Yes. Blocked off the, the grandstands and everything, and I had never seen anything like that. So I parked my car where they told us to park, and I walked by myself up to the theater and then down the ropes. And I kind of just walked through all the paparazzi who were busy checking their cameras and not looking at me at all. And I went, oh, this is kind of cool. But I heard the guys wanted to coordinate their limos, their arrival. So I kind of wanted yeah. to hang and see that. Yeah. By the opening door of the Chinese theater. And all of a sudden, this woman with a clipboard comes up to me and she goes, uh, who are you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Amy, Amy Stock, or Amy Stock Pointon at that time. And nice. she looks down her list and she goes, oh, you're Missy. I said, yeah. <laughs> she grabs my arm and she says, come with me. And she grabs <laughs> down that line of photographers and she said, everybody, this is Missy. And for the next 10 minutes, I couldn't see. I was blinded. Yes, paparazzi. <laughs> wow. So that was... That was kind of fun because uh, nobody knew who I was. <laughs> so <laughs> it was announced. And uh, so that was an interesting memory. Wow. Right How often yeah. do you get recognized today? I don't. Not at all. Really? Not at all. I don't look anything like I did 30 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's still in the face. I totally would definitely yeah. recognize you if I bumped <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, after this film, probably, I'm hoping yeah. people will know who I am, but yes. I took myself out of the business for 10 years because I was going to go be a professor somewhere, which yes. did, never panned out. So that's why I'm back in Los Angeles. Mm. And hallelujah for that. Man, I've been having some fun back here. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, again, I, I just, I don't know. I do wear, however... <laughs> Just to see if anybody will know, I go hike at Sepulveda Basin every morning, or hike, let's let's put it mildly. I go for a walk in Sepulveda, <laughs> and I have two Bill and Ted ter- t-shirts. One says, uh, be excellent to each other, and the other is, vote for Bill and Ted 2020, and I love wearing that. That's and awesome. I actually have my... I'd vote for Bill and Ted. Yes. Uh, so every once in a while, I'll wear those to the park, and I'm just, you know, kind of sticking the chest out going, you know, around people, and no, nobody's... <laughs> Oh. I'm like, come on, dudes! Don't you know this? So, <laughs> but was it hard? Was it hard? You said you're so laid back. Was it hard playing playing such a sexy um, character back then? And like, were you in the running um, against a lot of other um, women for that role? Yes, yeah, I was. Uh, 
I, I, love, I love our audition stories uh, from the first one. Uh, apparently, Keanu and Alex auditioned together upwards of like six months on and off. Uh, and they would go back. That's how they became such great friends was in the waiting room because they were always they were never reading with each other, but they always brought in. Well, for me, for that little role, the audition scene was the phone booth, the watering scene where she meets all of the characters. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot to say in there, but there's a lot of reaction, which I love. I, I think subtle reactions are are the best to play. And uh, so that was the audition scene. And I went back, I believe, six times. And wow. every time I went back, there was a different bevy of gorgeous, beautiful young women who were very well, much more well endowed than I ever was as I was <laughs> freaking flat back then. So even I though that was the focus of the scene, <laughs> it was a focus of the script. Every time she showed yes. up, I even had to cut out some boob jokes because I didn't have any. Uh, so I think we get to kind of downplay that. But I think that's why they kept calling me back for some reason. And it certainly wasn't because I had a chest they could make a fun of and use. I think it's because I made them laugh. And I tried things. And I created that in that wonderful writing by Ed and Chris. There's, you know, where Bill always catches himself. Hi, Missy. I mean, Mom. Writing. So what I started to do in those auditions was, hi, Missy. I mean, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I think that's pretty much what got me the part. Was that? That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you still have the pink uh, headset? No. Or a replica? That was so rad. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I tried when I tried to pull that off. It caught in my hair because my hair was just plastered with hairspray, and it just was like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm so curious so, to find out in part three if um, I know you were married to Bill's dad, then you're married to um, yes, Ted's dad, or vice yes. versa. And so really a part you're of the family. In part three. All everyone's family. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll just have to find out. Maybe she's an independent uh, contractor. At this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I love about this third film, it, it really pays homage to the original. Uh, Bill and Ted, and of course it's focusing on the daughters now, which I think is great. And uh, you know, characters like yourself, the original characters, and then we have the two um, daughters, which I'm very curious because in Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted had sons. So then uh, they just said, "This is little Bill, and this is little Ted." Little Ted, right? That's all they said. They yes. never specified. They never said boys. Um, oh, they never revealed their gender. They never revealed their gender. Mm-mm. They never revealed the gender, and those twins were girls, by the way. Aha! There you those go. Babies, really? The girls, girls of Bogus Journey were were girls. Yeah. So there oh, you go. There, did there, there, that canon? That one too. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was canon or confirmed. But what, the two girls the, 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 that, Yeah. Oh. It's from from his Twitter storm on this whole subject. Oh, so oh, I oh. on that. But uh, and I know, you know, guys, when you when you do a, a sequel to something, you have to change some things to to fit yeah. it. Sure. It's not to be woke. It's not to be PC or whatever the term is nowadays. Right. Right. It's, it just fits better. And 
I'm glad because it's two really good parts for women. I think it's fantastic. Definitely. So there's a thing in uh, well, well, we all know there's a thing called uh, dramatic license and the willing suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Why? That's why we go to a movie so we can suspend our belief and we can right. dive that world. Absolutely. Yes. So that man, don't go with any preconceived notions everybody just just go and cry like kevin smith but in a good that's way the, that's the plan, <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> were you totally blown away by just in the previews the girls just look so much like bill and ted like did it freak you out <laughs> no yes they do and then when i got to see them talk and their mannerisms i'm like how did you how did you do that? Because they are they are spot on. Oh with, man, um, I'm so excited for this movie. <laughs> they are really, really good at it. So that's cool. That's you know, personally thing. for me, I always wanted to see a crossover between Bill and Ted and Wayne's World. Was oh, there wow. ever yes. to talk about oh, that? That'd be cool. <laughs> Why don't we do a mashup of all of them? I'd be so Ooh. into it. I that'd would be okay. So I would. I That's would throw it. money at that. Yes, I throw would. Throw a little Back to the Future in there. A little yes, later. now we're talking. <laughs> How about a little Doctor Who? And I am so there. We can. Yes, the TARDIS. Yeah. It, it pretty much is the American TARDIS, the booth, yeah. right? Exactly. But, you know, the original um, convenience store was going to be 7-Eleven before they decided to go with Circle K. Circle K. I think so. I, I think they were having trouble getting the the logo rights or something, uh, or something. Yeah. and then Circle K said, yes, can you imagine it being 7-Eleven? Yeah. At this point? No. It's Circle- the foot at the 7-Eleven? Okay. It has. Oh. Strange things are foot. It totally brings me back to Alex Winter as a, as, Mar- or as Marco from Lost Boys, too. Last seen by the Circle K. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm a little, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with with Alex, so I have a problem. (laughs) I'm actually excited. Horrible, especially in that crop top. Nobody rocks a crop top. crop top, yes. Yes, (laughs) he's the king of crop tops. Is there? Is he in a crop top in part three? Oh, he That's can't see. Important. I don't think she can say. I don't think she can say. <laughs> These guys, my gosh, they didn't. It doesn't seem like they aged at all. Yeah, yeah. they look well, exactly the same. It's amazing. What's so funny is how these movies are filmed in different locations because, like, part one was filmed in um, Arizona, and part two was in LA, and now part three is in New Orleans. So it's kind of it's kind of cool that you're all over the country. I loved, even though it was hotter than snot down there, I love Nolens and I love going around in that town. And the architecture and the, the location settings were perfect for the film. So everybody's, everybody's like, okay, we understand New Orleans, but in July and August? <laughs> <are> we- <laughs> Yeah. You mean yeah. they didn't go to a medieval castle in England in part one? <laughs> I didn't get to go, dang it. And boy, you know, I got to go to Tempe, Arizona, which, you know, I love Arizona, but, you know, it's no medieval castle in, in Italy. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of the castle scene, I want to talk about a, a, a phrase that was said, which I'm wondering if they could get away with today, is when Bill thought Ted was dead, and when Ted, Ted was luckily alive... They embraced, they hugged, and then they 
It's not a, a term that, that might many consider um, a, a slur. Um, right. I, I just hope, you know, people are not drawing attention to that. And, you know, I want to know your thoughts. Is that something that they can get away with today? Boy, you know, oh boy, okay. So, uh huh, how do I answer that? Because I'm actually formulating an article to write on this very subject. Really? About historical pieces, and as theater artists, do we do we do them true to the nature of when they were written, or do we update them? Uh, and that's my PhD in theater history coming out. Because when you do a drawing room comedy from the 1930s, you're going to have an all-white cast. And then you're going to have the servants that are black, unfortunately. Now, there's a big controversy about this very topic. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, in theater and in film, what do we what do we do? Do we do we stop? Do we go back and cut that out? I, I don't know what the answer is. I think it's a very interesting theoretical question because, as a pure historian, I'm like, no, you don't change the original. That's when it was written. Every tiny, oh my God, I'm on my soapbox. I'm so sorry. Cut me off. No, it's cool. Good school. You do a a piece that was written during a time period. You've got a time capsule of that time period. I tell my students, anytime you learn about a certain time period, you go read a play or go see a movie from that time period. You will learn everything you need to know socially, politically, fashion, food, economics. Everything is in that time capsule. Absolutely. Unfortunately for us, now that the world has progressed in so many wonderful ways, true. some of these pieces, and like that scene that you mentioned, Al, it's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. But please understand that that was created during that time and not today. Right. And that, mm-hmm. again, try to understand where it comes from, and please try not to be offended, because it's changed now and we all know it has changed and we have, we are accepting those changes. Good. So, I think it's a great answer. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Yeah. It's so cool watching these old um, movies, you know, I think old from the eighties, but like even when they go to the mall, it's like a, like you said, it's like a time capsule and you see stores that are long gone and I'm watching it the other night, watching it again. And I'm like, oh, I, I remember, I remember that store. I remember that store. Like, it's like, it's a time actually, capsule. It's a time it's capsule. It's so cool to see. Precisely what you that said. That mall shut down, by the way. It shut down because of COVID or? No, that mall is gone now. It's they gone now. Oh, that's, that's a shame. San Dimas Mall. <laughs> lucky, lucky the Circle K is still there. And like, um, the Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> Is the, is that Circle K still? That same cool. one's still there. It looks pretty oh, much identical, awesome. except the, for the, the logo. one that's in your background. <laughs> yeah, the logo's changed a little bit, but um. Here, yeah. Chachi, move your head a little bit so Amy can see. No, I can see it. Yeah, oh. it's it's great. Yeah. It was a different Circle K in in part two. Yeah. Yeah, I think they filmed a different location. Yeah. Changed their logo too, didn't they? Circle K. Yeah, the, the logo's a little different on the, the same yeah. Circle K, but other than that, it looks pretty much identical. There's actually a film on YouTube that goes by and shows you all the filming locations of then and now and compares them, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Oh, and I think they went by the water park, too, didn't they, in that? Yeah. yeah. I think they went by the water park. And the water cool. park's still there. That's yeah. Wet and Wild. I used So I used to live in Redondo, and I used to frequent Wet and Wild on the regular. <laughs> Napoleon's favorite when I was park. A, when I was a kid, <laughs> yep. Good times. I love it. That must have been for Terry. Oh my God! Just like being <laughs> slide on those slides with those kids must have been a hoot. 
Oh, that, they were funny. There were funny scenes. Like that's all those a good actors. day to paid for. You know, you, what did you do all day? I went down a water slide. It was awesome. Yeah, and I got paid for it. I, I just, I think that's the brilliance of of the comedy of all three of these films. It's it's silly, but it's funny, and it's not over the top stupid. I don't think, um, but it's and just it, silly. I mean, who would think that you'd have Napoleon going down a water slide? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, some 80s movies you watch now, you're like, it doesn't really hold up this humor. But I always think that funny is funny no matter what decade it is. So you watch something from like Three Stooges, I think it's still funny, you know, all these years later. So I think Bill and Ted yeah. holds up in the same way. It was just funny jokes, funny comedy. I think it's very well written. And the message couldn't be better. I it's mean, it's the best be, be, be excellent as each other, especially yeah. the party on social racial injustices like going on in the world. Yeah. I posted a picture with Alex from a Q and A he did for screening of Bill and Ted's. Yeah, and that was my quote: "Please be ex- excellent to each other." Yeah. You know, I, you so. know and who? How did they ever know all those years ago when they actually wrote that line that it would come down to meaning so much to people? Yeah. And just a right. simple statement, you know, there, you don't need to do anything but that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Amy, we thank you so much for being a part yeah. of our yeah. Below the Belt show at home. And of course, oh, yeah. um, now we've got some. Oh. oh, what do we have here? Oh, what, what is that? We... Is that yeah. the script? Yes. Oh my God. That. Oh yeah, you're opening it. <laughs> oh my God. Is that Don't going on? Is that going on eBay on September second? I hope not. <laughs> these were set gifts from them. I love it. Amy. Amy, how was your um, how was your trip to Hawaii? My trip to Hawaii. Yeah, from um, 1987, summer school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it last night. I'm sorry he couldn't go. Oh, that was Amy's other cool film. On the movie Summer School, I watched last night. Another hilarious movie that Amy was in. Yeah, with Mark Harmon. That was so much fun. That scene, and Carl Reiner. Whoa. Oh, man. Directed by Carl Reiner. That was huge. That's, (laughs) That's a big deal. That's awesome. All right. Well, September 1st, that is the big date, guys. We can check out Bill and Ted 3. Face the music, uh, select theaters, and video on demand, which we're so excited. And uh, Amy, I know that you have relocated from uh, Illinois to um, LA. Will you be balancing um, both being an educator and an actress, I guess? Uh, Trying to, yeah. Yes, awesome. Um, I'm also writing quite a bit. I've got a couple of plays and a screenplay uh, done, finished. So I'm going to start chopping those around. Uh, awesome. trying to transition out of uh, the teaching a little bit more and into more of what I want to write and do. So. Oh, awesome. sweet. Well, we'll look awesome. out for that. So before we let you go, Amy, if we could do a little promo, let us know who you are from Bill and Ted's and let us know you're on Below the Belt show, our show. And at the end, if you can uh, throw out a Bill and Ted's catchphrase, maybe, or a Missy catchphrase, that would be rad. <laughs> oh, Missy catchphrase. Uh, so you want like something like Hi, my name is Amy Stock. I play Missy Mom in Bill and Ted Face the Music coming out September 1st. And here I am on Below the Belt podcast with four of the best interviewers ever. You guys are fantastic. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun. 
And as always, as we discussed, the best catchphrase ever is be excellent to each other. Yeah, that's so good. Excellent. We cannot wait. Party on, Amy. Party on, dude. Doctor, Doctor Amy. Thank you. We're so. You. We are so excited to see um, uh, Bill and Ted 3 on September 1st. So thank you so much. I'd love to hear your reaction. So please we don't. We can get back on after it comes out so we can talk about it. It's just going to be us crying on That would be cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Be We're all being crying tears of joy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I will. I will be. And I've, I've already been there. So. There you well, go. thank oh. you all. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you, Amy. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Bye. All right, that was Amy Stock, guys. Dr. Amy Stock, actress extraordinaire from Bill and Ted's. And I think you just have she, to hit the. She's still with red, us. Oh, uh, you got to hit the red uh, hang up button in the middle. She, she can stay on. That's fine. I'll hang it up for you if I can. There hey. we go. She got it. All right. Oh, she man, was great. Awesome. Yeah, she was yes. Great. Oh my gosh, so we could talk to her longer, so but I know um, Nick um, Nick wants to wrap things up a tad early. Well, I, I got to get going, Dan. So. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, you don't have to leave on my account. I can... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I pretty much, you know, I just have some, some sad passings and, and birthdays. and I can wait. I can wait. A couple things, in, and then we'll be wrapping up really quickly, yeah. Well, before um, that, so that, look, at these, look at these chips. These are um, Lay's... What do got? Gino steaks, Philly cheesesteak um, chips. Uh, that's a, that's a, is that a new sponsor, Chachi? I don't know, but it, it, I hope they pay me, but these are delicious. Are they? <laughs> okay. Well, they're from Gino's from Philly. Uh, oh, all right. And they're, well, they're Gino's flavor. Um, Gino's, so they might taste like Gino's. Uh, have you had Zapp's chips? That's another thing that I just thought of when she was talking about New Orleans. I was wow. like, uh, the other I thing I thought that. of, you've never had Zapp's? Uh, you got to have Zapp's. There's okay. Zaps I will like investigate. Off the charts. Um, they have many flavors. They're all the Voodoo chips, the classic, are the, are the jam. Okay. Um, but oh, also, damn. they really, they really are. Um, the other thing is, you know, everything being canceled during COVID, um, due to COVID, right. uh, which sucks. Culture. Like, yeah, not, that it's, it's a different kind of cancel culture. And the one thing that sucks, because um, I had a bunch of friends that were going to Jazz Fest, which is canceled. But the upside is drinking in public became legal, at least here in New York. <laughs> I don't know how it is here for you guys, but, like, you could just, like, do, like, a drive-by, like, you know, yeah. margarita. What is the update and, on New York in general as far as uh, closures and then just living life? I've heard mixed mixed reviews myself. I've um, heard... I, went, I, knew, I live in Astoria, which uh, totally shat the bed on the whole, um, like, uh, oh slow, slow, like, progressing towards, you know, being it social just and stuff like that. It just kind of spiked and did that. People went, like, the second things opened, it was just, like, a flood of people on, and on the street, and so they started shutting, not shutting things down. I think only, like, one establishment got shut down for not following protocol, but they they just instituted this new thing where, um, whereas we had been able to experience, like, <laughs> New Orleans street culture, you know, like, have, like, a to-go cup, open container, no one bothering you, as long as, like, you had a mask on and you were wow. moving along. Now they will not give you, you can still do to-go drinks, 
because a lot of places, you know, are depending on this on this revenue to come in now that they're even open in any capacity. But they are not allowed to give you a drink unless until they give you food. So whether you're ready to go or you're seated at a table, it's like you literally have to order a meal. You can't just like order something. Because they don't want it to be a bar, technically. It's not a bar. And I'm going to tell you Astoria and Steinway specifically being on um, being on national news as like these people are not social distance. Like this is is not how you're doing it, friends. Well, Um, and it's like and it's pretty close to. The hospital, I mean, it's not super close, but it's, like, not far from the hospital that was also on the national news for being, like, code red, 100%, oh, wow. over capacity. It was, like, the epicenter of, <clears throat> of COVID outbreak and the basic, you know, being just completely overrun yeah. with, with people that were sick. So, um, I miss New York. The, the, so I think that's a reason yeah, for me enough to... To get out there, we're usually there, Chachi and myself, for the New York Comic Con in October. We're not too optimistic it will happen, even though I'm they haven't officially they haven't Comic-Con announced is yet. So huge, that yeah, would be such a huge thing. But you know, I also feel like you think it's going to happen. They haven't announced no. a cancellation it's yet. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Virtual I mean, anything. Yeah. If anything, it's also a culture that would do well virtually. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, like, a lot well, of... Well, yeah, they did know, for San Diego, yeah. So, um, but at the same time, that's, like, again, a lot of revenue lost. And, and like, a lot of people yeah. found out. But they're doing I two-week mean, quarantine for New York now. Again? Are they? No, no, well, well for people outside of, in the, the from the hot states that come up to New York. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you're referring yeah. to. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Like, how, how are people monitoring that? Yeah, that's the thing. It's just a good. Know. It's yeah. a good. I mean, do you know how many people like just like came in? They're like, oh, I was. I've been in Florida since the middle of March, and now those cities opening up, so I'm back. So and it's right. like, oh, well, please stay in your home for 14 days. Right. And it's a, yeah. Code of take, honor. Uh, and I'm also going to take your temperature before you know, like, and please yeah. wear a mask. Like, I don't know. It's a lot of stuff, but better safe than sorry. And yep. um, uh, the main thing is what was actually really amazing in the very beginning is, you know, New York, uh, in New York, the city is your living room because, you know, space at a premium. You probably don't have a ton of space in your personal living situation. But everyone's need to get out was so, tan- it was like tangible. You know, you could like feel it in the air. And when people were not, uh, comfortable talking to each other you know at the very like beginning of shelter in place but we still needed outside space people were so respectful and it was kind of amazing seeing people witness people commune with nature in lieu of being able to commune with other people so i don't know i think there's like some breakthroughs in humanity but also um definitely some very barely manageable aspects of this quarantine as well Mm. here in new york well, well, guys, we got to wrap up tonight's show, sadly, already. But let's go get go ahead and give our rest in peace um, shout outs to those that have passed on and no longer with us. One is a uh, a legend in acting, Wilford Brimley. Oh, yes, the actor with the walrus mustache, diabetes, diabetes commercials, that the really? cocoon, which I thought he was old then. It turns out he was a he younger was guy. 
in Cocoon. In his 50s, playing an 80-something retiree or whatever. And I read about what? him. He said that he, like, did that a lot in his career. Like, he would play, like, the father of people that he was younger than. He just got oh. a, He had an old face, man. He had an old look, right? But he aged uh, to a certain point where, like, like by the time he was 50, he looked like he was, like, like 70s. And they looked that same way his whole entire life. <laughs> you know? He, like, he never uh, aged any more than that. Yeah, we was also thirty years to meet him at the um, Monster Mania. Monster Mania, yes, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um, yeah, I think he, he was in Hot Valley too, wasn't he? He wasn't ready to do interviews uh, with us, but um, it was just, it was just great to meet a legend like him. You know, oh, yeah. cool. I mean, he's, I, mean, I watched some of his commercials. Like, I watched his um, Quicker Quicker Oats commercial, and he's just so like <laughs> like he's just so grumpy in that commercial that it's hilarious. That he's just kind of just like. Like save your money oatmeal. for your oatmeal, right? You got right, the oatmeal, yeah. Like oatmeal save your, jar. <laughs> save grab money your, for your Grab oatmeal. your dime and nickels and buy this quicker oats mail. And, like, he was, just, he was just funny. And, like, um, I mean, I remember, him, I remember watching him on an old um, 80s show um, where he was the grandfather to um, Shannon Doherty, which um, was pretty cool back in the day. I mean, he's been in a ton of, of great stuff over the years. Wow. We also lost Rini Santori. Who played Poppy in Seinfeld? Appeared yeah, in the Dirty Harry and other films on August first. Um, yeah, he's the one that peed on the on Jerry's couch <laughs> on, um, on the um, very funny um, episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, also lost Tom Pollock, chairman of Universal Pictures. Um, produced many films: um, Jurassic Park, Cinder's List, Field of Dreams, um, wow. among many more. Billy Goldenberg, Emmy-winning uh, composer and songwriter for 70s series like Kojak, Harry O, and Rhoda had passed away. So he wrote the theme songs? Yep, he wrote all oh. those theme songs, man. Damn. British director Sir Alan Parker, um, which included uh, a lot of gangster flicks, musical projects. Um, his first feature was Bugsy Malone in the 70s. Um, he also did Mississippi Burning in 1988. Um, also, Pete Hamill, celebrated journalist, novelist, and communist, um, had passed away due to kidney and heart failure. Uh, Malin Reyes, um, one of the reality um, TV stars of Deadliest Catch, who's one of the deckhands, passed away at the age of 38. So many young people die on Deadliest Catch. I yeah, uh, I, I wonder why. Is it that stressful or? Well, it's it's deadliest catch. That's the yeah. Name yeah. Of the show. They but I don't think they, they they don't die on the show. They die for other causes. Well, uh, uh, to to give you a little background, they are fishermen in in Alaska. It's kind of treacherous. And then there's also a lot of drug problems up there. A lot drug of the guys problems, are prior yes. prior convicted felons. Like wow, these are the type of dudes that generally do that kind of work. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. He passed away as, uh, due to a heart attack at the age of 38. 38. Another, what was yeah. the name of the guy again? His name is Malin Reyes. I don't remember him. Yeah, one of the deckhands. Um, yeah. Also, sadly, Daisy Coleman, one of the subjects of the 2016 Netflix documentary, Audrey and Daisy, um, sadly took her own life. Um she was one of the subjects focused on in the documentary, dealing with uh, trauma um, due to sexual assault. Um, 
Mm. Pretty, pretty sad. Um, um, yeah, rest in peace to those who have uh, sadly have passed away. And yeah. um, can I can I throw one in there too? Um, yes, my, please. Our friend Olin, our friend Olin Montgomery, who was on the third season of Stranger Things. Oh. Um, and he had actually just gotten cast in what is the name of the the show uh, with John Goodman in it? You know, it's about like the like the evangelist, you know, the preacher. Oh, Southern yes, preacher. yes, yes. Oh. Something gems. Oh, yeah. Something. The righteous um, gemstones. The righteous gemstones. Righteous gemstones. Gemstone. He had just yeah. been cast. He just found out that he had gotten the role after a couple of callbacks um, before he went into the hospital. And he's the only uh, person that I know uh, personally that passed away from COVID. So he passed away. Oh, in, no. In the middle of our early April um, after being sick for almost um, after being in the hospital for almost a month. So I just want to give him a shout out. Olin Art, you can still catch um, you can still see a lot of his work and find out, see who he is. He was in like the he was one of the journalists that uh, are really shitty to um, the, you know, at the. I fail. I'm failing at words, guys. Um, the newspaper, you know. Um, oh, oh Stranger Things. Natalia. Uh, oh, Natalia uh, Dyer. I work for mm-hmm, the paper. Natalia the... Dyer's character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh um, man. Yeah. He, yeah. He's he was there with uh Mr. Mr. Busey Jr. Oh, you man. know. Yeah. And um, yeah. So Olin Olin Art, you can check out. He made a bunch of short films. He did a lot of great work in these past couple of years. So I just want him to be remembered too, as people. That we've lost oh, in entertainment. Sorry to hear. Rest in peace. Oh, rest Thank in you. peace. And of Check course, out the... Rush Call, Rush Call Clown. This is like the best Rush short film that he made. It's Thank you award winning. Uh, Thank for sharing that, Elise. And birthdays today, we have Lonnie Anderson at 75 today. Maureen 75, McCormick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Maureen McCormick from Brady Bunch is 64. That's another crazy one. Wow. Yeah, I know. Tony Katane, another crazy one, is 59 today. Tony Katane. Oh, my God. Yeah, buddy. She's 59? 59. Oh, man. Yeah, we're getting old. That's okay. Yeah. Mark Strong, the imitation. Uh, Mark Strong, the imitation game is 57. James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, is 54. Actor Jonathan Silverman uh, is 54, and actor Jesse Williams of Grey's Anatomy is 40. That's birthdays today, guys. Wow. Thank you so much for our in-studio panel. What a great show tonight. Of course, joining us a little later in the program, thank you so much, Elise Edwards. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Representing Queens, New York City. Queens, New York. Woo! Woo. Also, check me out on Twitch. Um, yes, has also gotten, gotten my... Um, my living room DJ game going on. I um, made Twitch affiliate earlier this quarantine. So oh, twitch.com or twitch.tv forward slash DJ Jouet. That's spelled J O U E Z. Oh, Brad. Nice. Of course, like thank, thank the one and only the captain, Big Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Kath speaking. Thank you for flying Air BTB. Keep your seatbacks straight up and your seatbelts fashion until we come to a complete stop. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. Party, Party on, dudes. <laughs> the king of the 80s, Chachi McFly. I can't follow yeah. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Celebrity Soto. And we mean it, guys. Please be excellent to each other. And People you see on the streets, 
friends and family, people you don't agree with politically or socially. Just just be excellent. Just be just excellent. Be kind. To each exactly. Other. Yeah, that's and, that's and all, party that's on. Always. And and always party on. Yep. And um, you know what? Let's close with another Bill and Ted song um, that we're gonna pick and post. So another song off the great soundtrack. I already had the song for you. Thank you, Nick. Choose it, please. Do you want to play by Extreme? That's the song oh. that Beethoven's playing in the mall. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> Nick, you chose the classic cut. All right. Which is the cool cut that ends tonight's show, guys. We will see you guys next Wednesday for no- another great episode of BTB. Please be excellent to each other, and we'll see you guys next week. Until then. Peace. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye.